I'm pushing the button. Do it. John Stairs, and this is Topics Under the Stairs. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan. Hey there. Hello, hello. We have a very special guest with us today, Tobias Aldrich. Say hello. Greetings, everyone. Um, we are going to discuss all sorts of fun things with Toby uh, about his job. He has a very cool job that a lot of people might not know. Um, he has some great cars that people know about. He's manscaping as he's we speak. Currently, yeah, I, I love that thing, by the way. Up it's so I, don't, I don't want to take over Ryan's no, no, that's fine. promo spot. But no, uh, we're, we're gonna highly endorse it. So don't worry about it. Uh, before we get going, uh, we get a couple mentions to make. Uh, please check out revivalmotoring.com. Um, you missed out on the hoodies if you're listening to this now, most likely. Wah, wah. But there are a couple of the new t-shirts left. The BMW E30 we ride at Dawn t-shirts. Issue 7 of the magazine is going to be coming out. Uh probably pre-order in the next few weeks. We're getting closer on that. Um, there's a ton of new videos on the YouTube page. Josh just put up a preview teaser of the feature video of Jake that he's teaser. working on teaser. Uh, it's going to be really cool. So um, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff on the way. So keep an eye for that. In addition to the revival motoring website, check out the other uh, shows on the revival motoring network, talking motorcycles, our great friends at circle jerks. They're putting out a lot of great content every circle week. Jerks. The circle jerks. Um, big shouts to Kyle because the one episode that he was paying attention to, we didn't say anything about his hot sauce, but I think but we've mentioned every it other episode on we've talked the about other 14 episodes. We've exactly. specifically said Kyle's hot sauce. So here's the, the point of today's episode. Kyle's hot sauce is really good. We like Kyle's Delicious. hot sauce. Kyle, Kyle and Steph made the hot sauce. It's really good hot they sauce. Grew the, they grew the, the chilies. chilies and made the hot sauce. Wait a minute. She helped him. She milked the hot sauce for him? She did. She she yeah. milked the chili. But I personally yeah, like the nice Verde is the best. Is. I like the 16-valve Verde the best. Uh, the VR, uh, is it a VR? Is this 8-valve, 16-valve? I like the 16-valve Verde, though. I know that's the one I like. The red one. I think that's the 2-liter, right? That was the good yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's the chili one. Yeah, that's yeah, the 8-valve. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, Ryan. Yes. What do we got? Well, once again, I'd like to talk to you about grooming which is even more appropriate today, seeing as we have as our guest, one of the most consistently well-groomed men that I know. I could agree yeah, with that. I could show you. Stop pointing at that. Um, so Toby, as a well-mustachioed man, I'm assuming you have plenty of products that keep keep that up. Absolutely. All right. So well, I'm here to tell you about one more. And it's a place you can get all of your manly hair removal needs. And that place is manscaped.com. Oh, yeah. So with St. Patrick's Day coming, many of you will be out raising a pint in celebration and looking to slide down a rainbow into that pot of gold. Woo. But you need to ask yourself, a good line. does your shillelagh look small and unimpressive? <laughs> if so, it's time to put that lawnmower 3.0 to work. Mow that patch of four-leaf clover and give some perceived length to that little leprechaun. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. Let's not get caught with our kilts around our ankles and our hairy potatoes hanging out. Oh. <laughs> Trim the rolling green meadows and be proud to let someone play with your smooth bagpipes this St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. And for that matter, any other day after that. So, John, what else do they get with the Manscaped 3.0? You're going to use code REVIVAL, R-E-V-I-V-A-L. 
You're going to get the uh, Perfect Package 3.0. You're going to get the Lawnmower 3.0, the Ball Toner, the Ball Deodorant. There is now the Refined Cologne. Which it is a Toby wood- currently spritz me with and it smells delicious. It has a nice like woodsy it. scent. It's very woodsy. Um, there's also the new device, the Plow, uh, which is a replaceable Ooh, blade with the manual plow. razor. Um, and the Weed Whacker, the nose hair and ear hair trimmer. Um, Definitely all, need that. All After very 40, good products. You got to get on that train. Definitely got more hair coming out of those areas. <laughs> than my yeah. top of my head at yeah. these points. Yeah. They are all excellent, excellent products. Uh, so check that out. Use Code Revival um, for all those packages, four-year package and more. I will promote that product as well. I have used it for about eight to 10 months yeah, via yeah. John's suggestion. Mm-hmm. I use the trimmer every two months, probably. I don't maintain it that much. I've been married a long time. <laughs> uh, but I use the Ball Cream Reviver every night. I love no, that No, not one. the Reviver. The, the conditioner. The, the deodorant. The yeah. white cream. The white cream. It looks kind of mm. like semen. Yeah, the spritz. Uh, the I've, spritz I've is good when you're on the I've never used the spritz, go. to be honest. Because, oh, no? Uh, well, like you spritz. know, at work, someone might catch you and, you know, you could... Grounds for dismissal. Oh, oh, yeah. No, the spritz is nice, you know. I've never tried the spritz. You just it just sits to, there in the drawer. If you need to freshen <laughs> up on the fly, you know. You well, the other product works so well, I haven't the had other, to. That's true. If you there. consistently use Every the, night uh, after I shower, I that's the crop ointment preserver. on my hands, knees, and scrotum. Yep. <laughs> if oh, you good. use the crop preserver All the important areas. Yeah. Exactly. You don't well, need the spritz. different creams, by the way. Three yeah, different creams. Well, yeah, of course. You have an arsenal of... Of different things. And for the record, that the thing wife been, loves it though. That can't get been enough. Sitting on the counter for for like almost a year, and the battery is still charged. It's unbelievable how good the battery is on that. No rips, snags, tears, or cuts. Nope. <laughs> well nope. played. And there's and a I very in the dark. Well played. Yeah, there's a very yeah. good uh, visual aid that comes with the device too that shows you the direction, uh, the orientation of the blade should be to use it properly. It's very important. Definitely, oh yeah, yeah. You would never want to go that. against the grain. No. Nope. So with the, with grain. the grain, with the grain, yeah, with the grain. So yeah, t- uh, check out manscaped.com code revival, check out revival motoring.com, uh, to see what products are available on there. Listen to the other shows, please like, and subscribe, uh, to our podcast topics under the stairs, as well as the other shows on the network, talking motorcycles, circle jerks, and the revival motoring podcast. Um, I do have one other, like, so I guess we can get into callbacks now because we, sure, we, we have a we handful have a of callbacks. Yeah, a couple today. So, Ryan, what, what were you talking well, about for your cooking callback? So, the callback to the rib recipe, which was wildly simple and delicious. Absolutely delicious. I've never, I've had rib issues where the I cooked them in the crock pot and then I tried to put them in the grill and I set my grill on fire mm. and I actually had to put it out with a fire extinguisher, not just like baking soda. So, the ribs were garbage <laughs> and it was a nightmare. And then, so... For a quick uh, recipe, it's wintertime. Like you, yep. you're not thinking about smoking or grilling or anything like now. So, I mean, maybe you are, maybe you're a, a diehard and you're out there anyway, but to do this recipe, it was fantastic. And if anybody needs it, hit John up and we can send it along. Cause we will perfect. send it out. Uh, to, publish the to, recipe. Uh, I would pronounce his last name, but God, we could not figure that out. So big uh, shouts to our friend Garrett down in yeah. Connecticut for sending that up. Um, he, he, we thank him very much for listening. Listened to that. We uh, did not have a good rib recipe and he solved that problem for us. Yep. White coupe, Garrett. Yes, with the white <laughs> coupe. Uh, so big shouts to Garrett. That was awesome that he sent that in. And I'm happy to say Ryan already tried it and I will be doing the same very soon. Absolutely. What else? Uh, the other thing I saw this week, which kind of ties in with uh, what we're going to be talking about with Toby today. Um, Adam Sandler greenlit Happy Gilmore too. 
No. Yes. I did not Ooh. see that. With, I, mean, uh, I did not see that. I saw the uh, Shooter McGavin's the anniversary of it, and they're kind of busting each other's bollocks and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did not see the green light for part two. Yeah, yep. So I don't. We'll see what happens with that. It'd be. I don't know. Shooter. I'd like to. Th- I'd like to think Love that shooter. if he does it, it'll be done right. You know, I hope I so because like he's, he's involved. Got, like he would be so creative. Uh, yeah. Influence. I feel like he's got the control to not do it if he doesn't think it's going to work. Right, right, right. Is Bob Barker still alive? He is not still alive. Mm. Yeah. It's a shame because it would be awesome to have him make a comeback. That would be good. Pervert. Yeah. <laughs> him and that skinny microphone and never trusted him. <laughs> Always swinging it about. Barker's beauties. That's right. Yep. Uh, any other callbacks? Uh, just one more. I wanted to tell Dan from the circle jerks that I do feel his pain about the porta potty, um, temperature changes. Cause I always mm. remember my first sub zero porta potty experience of the year. And then in July when there is no smell like the smell, when you open that door, yeah, it's it not okay. Time. And Very uh, ripe. it is ripe. Yes. You have to deal with that at work sometimes probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Had my share of porta potties, uh, <laughs> especially when people use the wrong, Area for number two two. Oh yeah, <laughs> you just Pooping walk in, in the like, urinal. How? Why? Uh, just Why to be would an you? Asshole. I know, but like that's you have to use this too. Some really oh, they are. So they are a special breed and women. So that's a good uh, another callback. So <laughs> we had big truth on last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, big shouts to to Truth for coming on. That was awesome. Uh, really interesting episode. If you haven't listened Fantastic. to that one yet, mm-hmm. definitely go back and check that one out. Um, I was listening to a recent episode of his podcast that he was telling us about. And speaking of pooping in the wrong place, man, he tells a story. I won't even tell it because I don't <laughs> yeah, want to spoil it. like some uh, copyright infringement. He I think, along tells that a story of a, of a life experience he had that is just so unbelievable. Certain celebrities, yeah. certain areas. Yeah. It's just so unbelievable Amazing. that you, yeah, you got to go back. You got to go listen to that. So check out the big truth podcast. Uh, they do a couple special episodes where it's not an interview called the M4 round table. Uh, malt liquor, music, motorcycles, and uh, no music, nope. movies, malt liquor, motorcycles, okay. M- M4 okay. roundtable. Yep. So it's 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 really hilarious though, and there's a couple good stories on that. So check that out. Uh, moving on to our main topic. Should I do the uh, sound main topic? Main topic. Topic. <laughs> uh, we have Toby here today. Like we said, um, a lot of our listeners through Revival Motoring. I'm sure we'll know Toby from uh, his many great cars over the years, um, his Mark One Jetta and his uh, Mark Two GTI that has been out and about lately. Um, we'll talk about that too for sure. But Toby has a really cool job that not a lot of people know about, probably. Uh, so we want to discuss a lot of that today. So Toby is a scenic artist for television and film. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, why don't you give us a rundown of how you got into that? Well, first, I think I should explain what that is. Yeah, that's, that's like, a good place to start. Yeah, that's a better place to start. Yeah. Uh, so anything that has a substantial budget that you view uh, has scenery. Now, scenery could qualify as painting the wall, painting a table, uh, a fake baseball bat, a merkin. <laughs> if you know what a merkin is, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, someone has to make and work on the things behind the actors. Even if it's something that looks like it would just 
be there naturally because that's the goal. Correct. Correct. It has to look as desired. We'll get into that later, but it's basically someone who does performs all the work behind the physical people, not their wardrobe, but everything that they touch, stand in front of, stand on, touch. I like that word touch apparently. (laughs) Um, So that's the gist of the job. Uh, How did I get into it? Uh, I was kind of dabbling around at Yarrow Sport. That's a throwback. Yep. And one of the customers, coincidentally, uh, worked in that industry. Now, at the time, this was 2007, I didn't even understand or comprehend how that industry worked. Uh, Never crossed my mind. I suppose, why would it? Right? I don't know if you you ever comprehended, cross your minds. Oh, definitely. Uh, I was talking to you about it. It didn't right. cross mine. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, and especially where we live in New England. Little did I know that uh, it was alive and thriving in many places. Um, just it kind of flies under the radar for many reasons. One being they don't want paparazzi all over the actors. Yep. Uh, so he saw what I was kind of doing. And he said, we could use help sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. I don't know or care what you're talking about. Right. A year later he called me and being the loser that I was, uh, I happened to be available to come in and help him the following week on a project. So all of a sudden I was thrown into this direct to DVD film. Back then there were things called DVDs. Yes. (laughs) I've heard of those. And it was a Tyra Banks production called the click with a Q and it was kind of like the Hardy boys for young girls. And it was filmed in East Greenwich and the, my whole department had been fired because of incompetence. (laughs) So I kind of substituted for this older woman and her employees. And I was thrown into the mix speaking to the production designer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can do that. Sure. I had no idea what he was talking about. (laughs) Age this, distress this, alter this. I I don't know what these things mean. Thankfully, my friend who was the construction coordinator, it was called. Yep. That was the customer at Yarrow Sport. Uh, he kind of led me along and I used Google. Yes, Google existed then <laughs> and uh, kind of faked my way through it. Now, I knew a lot about generic painting and anal retentive things. Yep. Because uh, that's just a curse I have. But um, so I kind of faked my way through it. Now, it was a very basic movie. I made essentially a stripper cake, painted some things out, frosted some windows dirtied up some signs. Yep. And uh, like I said, it was a straight to DVD film that obviously no one's ever heard of. I purchased it because I was so excited to participate. <laughs> yeah, it's your first. Do you have uh, your name at the back? Does it roll through at some point? Uh, didn't even get a credit. Oh, no. But anyway, that went on for two to three months. And uh, my friend that was the construction guy said, oh, do you like doing this? Yeah, sure. And it was also not only that, it's a union job. Unions have stigmas, but that's a side issue uh, that I'll quickly cross over here. <laughs> Why uh, not go for two, it? 2% of your weekly salary goes to union dues, which is almost negligible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every quarter you pay a small fee of dues. Um, and that's the whole catch to the union. Great benefits, pension, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Which so you don't all see those, pensions in positions. Right, no, right. You've got not. a great pension, health care, yada, yada, yada. Annuity, 401k, blah, blah, blah. All that boring adult shit. So 
Uh, he said, oh, you like this? Yeah, sure. Because I was kind of putzing around before for a while. Uh, and he sent me to a job in Medfield, Mass at the state mental hospital that was abandoned. Very cool place, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it was ended up being Shutter Island. Oh, no oh, kidding. cool. So all of a sudden I was there and I went from being the sole person in my department with one construction guy to that job. There was 200 construction people and 60 people that were scenic artists. Wow. And I was overwhelmed. They didn't really know what to do with me because obviously they didn't know me. Um, so I kind of bounced around. They were trying to feel me out. Yeah. See where your strengths were. Not at that point, literally, (laughs) uh, to see what my strengths were. And, uh, it was certainly a learning curve. Things are done differently than the real world. And, uh, it just kind of steamrolled from there. It's never really stopped from there. Yeah. Um, There's probably shortcuts you can take there because it doesn't have to be a functioning long-term thing, right? Correct. All things in film and TV are temporary. Typically things are made out of one by four strapping Mm -hmm. and Luan. I don't know if how to describe Luan. Very thin, cheap plywood. It's It's like like, paper plywood. It's like quarter inch plywood. Yep. Because things need to be lightweight to be moved easily. So things are mostly made out of one by four and Luan. And then that's what the carpenters do. I'm generalizing it because I could go on and on and on. But then we will make whatever the desired substrate is, whether it be bricks, concrete, marble, wood grain. It could be whatever's desired. You know, you create that on this thin plywood. Yes. Yes. That's what we basically start with most of the time. Yep. Um, There's a lot of things where we'll make, they'll use cheap pine wood and we'll try to make it look like a commercial metal door casing. Wow. Um, so very lightweight, cheap materials, and then we'll spend a good amount of time making it look like, again, whatever the desired substrate is. Hmm. Sometimes we'll use mold making materials, which come from a place called Reynolds advanced materials. They're the only place that makes it smooth on products. Yeah. Those are very expensive, but we'll make, they are using a lot of theatrical things with masks and, um, different plays, but we'll make fake rocks, fake bats, you know, any type of a prop that you would throw or hit, or we'll make this job we were just on. We were making beer mugs out of this clear acrylic stuff and we were molding them so that they could smash them and do various things with them. So to smash them, it's just safer than smashing glass. Right, right. To be safe. So uh, it's interesting. The irony of it is you could say, why don't you just go into an old dirty building? Well, they don't like real dirt. They want it all to be fake. So we'll yeah. make spider webs out of spray 77 and huh. a heat gun to blow it around. Mm-hmm. Cobwebs, spider yeah, yeah, webs. Yeah. Uh, there's a crushed stone called rotten stone. It's to polish uh, countertops. It just looks like gray fine dust. Okay. And we'll mix that with a water and a, and a binder. I mean, I could go on and on with different things, but just a lot of the job is aging and distressing. Uh, I'm not even sure where to begin or where to start or stop here. <laughs> well, but, whatever uh, you find interesting. I mean, that, to me, this is, I know this seems silly to you, but no, no, it doesn't yeah, seem yeah. silly. It's just very hard to explain. To explain. Uh, Garrett from mystic was on and yep. he explained right. it a bit. Now his is a little different because the sets that he make, they're doing more finished. They have more time and more finished because say the ESPN is a common one that everyone yeah. knows. It's a studio that's kind of 
well, it is permanent. It's yeah, a permanent right. studio and they have more time to create these things. These, a lot of the things I do have to be done on the fly because the main thing in the Hollywood industry is no one communicates. The communication is awful between departments. I could give a whole rundown of how it works from A to Z. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. So like- but I'll let you kind of guide yeah. what you want here. So basically your department reports to a production designer? Correct. The production designer, which everyone sees that in credits, that's yep. kind of the top of my pyramid. Okay. Now, so they is it design, a production design company that you see on the credits or a name? Nope. It's a name. Yep. So they're independent people and they're, they're part of what would be the art department. I am part of what's called the art department on a project. So I am in, there's three phases of a film or TV, pre-production, which I'm in. Yep. Production, which is the actual film crew. Are you occasionally in that where like occasionally something but will need to be I'm modified? It, if like I'm mid if I'm there when they're right there filming, that means that's bad. Things have gone horribly yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's post production with all the editing, sure, and sound and all that. So it's those two things. I uh, post production, I know zero about. It's so far from what I do. Yeah, I've never seen those people. They're never physically where I am. They're never Usually physically on site. Yeah, anyway. that's back yeah. in LA at some, yeah. at some, some office. dude with a thousand monitors. Exactly, in front of exactly. Him. Yeah. that's a whole different world. So yeah. mine is very physical. My my job is one hundred percent physical. Things that you touch, feel that are real. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't ever use any type of software or computer. Everything I do is hands on, one hundred percent manual labor. Now, when this stuff gets designed. Um, say this production designer comes up with a concept like, all right, I need this set to be in front of a concrete building with graffiti on it. And you know, so that, do they come up with a concept and then you run with it or is it very laid out? Like, like, do they bring you drawings? Like how detailed of an instruction do you get? All right. So, um, again, before, even though I'm in pre-production, there's people there pre, pre me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Give the whole, yeah, if you, okay. want, if you well, don't mind, okay. do the whole process. No, 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 I can, down. I yeah. can. I just know it can get rambly. Uh, I'll fine. try not to make it rambly. We got a couple so hours to fill. A yeah. show. So a concept, you know, just like anything in the world, someone has to come up with a concept. So the person who has the rights to an idea is called a show runner. Mm -hmm. It's their baby. It's their show, their movie, whatever, you know, they're the one, the creator, like Larry David. Sure. Uh, I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. So that's it's a great a, show. Yeah, it's a good, one, good yeah. example. There's not much scenery in it, but um, <laughs> it's pretty generic in that <laughs> aspect. But uh, so there's a showrunner and they get a studio to sign on to invest producers. Yep. And eventually they come up with the storyline and they will hire a production designer and they go back and forth through various meetings with a production designer and they kind of read each other's minds and come up with the visuals, the production the designer's job. What they want. Right. The production designer's job is to come up with, again, the visuals. Mm -hmm. They go over kind of a loose script with the showrunner and they come up with the sets and the scenarios that you visually see mm -hmm. behind the people. Cause it's an important part of every story. If people just stood, sat in a studio in front of a white, or green screen, you know, it wouldn't be. Yeah. It's not going to look right. It's exciting. So anyway, they come up with all those concepts. Then it, 
whatever. At some point it becomes reality. It's green lit to go. Yep. And uh, that's where we, once it's reality, they hire us and we, they come up with blueprints. There's two drafts, two to three draftsmen typically on a small job. And the draftsmen make the blueprints under the direction of the production designer. Mm -hmm. And then the construction department and us carries out the blueprints. Now, as John knows, as a graphic designer, I don't want to use the word, it's easy to design something. But, yeah. but It's easier to, for me to make something on a screen and not worry about how you right. physically have to make exactly. it. Translating, translating a concept to reality, a blueprint is one yeah. thing, but making it reality can sometimes get very tricky with mm. some of these elaborate things, especially more in science fiction and yeah. horror, you know, just science fiction, horror and the fact that yeah, for, it to be, for it to be functional in your p position, it needs to be light. Correct. Uh, Correct. So, so we have to translate the blueprints into reality. So we work hand in hand, the construction and scenics who a lot of times people just call it painters. It's a loose yep. term for it, but we do plaster mold making everything. Um, faux finishing, whatever. It's any type of substrate, like I said. So we kind of work hand in hand the whole process. So obviously we have to create these things before it can be filmed. Otherwise there's nothing to film. Yep. Meanwhile, they're going through with the actors and setting all that up. And there's a, say the show that I just worked on, there's 350 people that work on it just to make one season of a TV show. That's insane. That's the Kevin can F himself. Yes. Yep. So, uh, for instance, yes, I just come, I'm just about complete with a new AMC TV series called Kevin can F himself as kind of a mock against Kevin James and the stereotype sitcom where the wife or woman is belittled, berated. It's kind of, you know, the turn of Hollywood and women's rights here. <laughs> so there's, it was, sorry, let me go back. Right before coronavirus, we started this project yep. of February 2nd last year. And we were going to have a live studio audience. I've never done a sitcom type thing. We we're going to have- there was Oh, there be, actually was a live studio audience. Yep. We were building bleachers and we built sets to look like a typical sitcom, which I've never done. Yep. And then That's we were a lot also- of like rolling walls that kind exactly, of moving it out. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. The fourth, kind of like think the fourth side yeah. comes in and out so that you can roll the bleachers in and have that far, far away view. Yep, yep. And they were even going to show the cameras and the audience and obviously the laughter. Then obviously coronavirus came and it changed everything. So we yeah. went home for four months while they came up with a new schematic, like a lot of people- I was gonna say crazy because- if for someone who does, so sorry to interrupt, but for no, someone who interrupt anytime. came up with that concept of that show, the audience was directly involved in that show. Very involved. So very now, involved. holy crap, the entire premise of this show is thrown into some kind of chaos. Now, if you want to keep the show going, you've got to change it or you have to wait it out and see when you can have a live studio right. audience exactly. again. That's exactly. Crazy. And so that's they like had you, to can, you wait for four months and don't try to come up with an other, other option. And, and, and you just, then you still can't do you it. Just realize like, this is not going away. We need to. Now I've wasted half a year and I still can't and, do it. And right. you rethink what we're doing. So here. those people that the concept type people mm -hmm. will say continued to work through that downtime. Obviously I stopped and went home 
And I had a great time. I worked on cars. <laughs> little, I know a lot of people didn't, but I had a great time. I had a great time. A little semi-retirement. I had a great time with John. Yeah. I went over and Toby basically made the whole mark hey, to happen. Well, that was a fun like, cars while I went to work. fun time. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. losers still had to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got paid to sit at home. Some people were essential, quote yeah. unquote. I was, I'm, yeah. I am, it made me. I already knew it, but it definitely made me realize how non-essential <laughs> I am in the entertainment industry. It's a luxury, yeah. yep. but people have always thrived on entertainment. Go but back think, to the Roman times of the Colosseum. People need some kind of well, I was going to say, like after pornography, four or five or live of, entertainment. Yeah. You needed <laughs> you new programming. Or live pornography, whatever like, you want to do. Exactly. You know. The way that people watch television programming. Especially now live streaming. streaming and exactly. Yeah. That, catchphrase. It became pretty apparent. People need content. After four or five months when everything went stale. I want to apologize. I'm jumping all over in a time frame. No, no, this is fine. It's logical. But, uh, yeah, no, this is good. You're starting from the beginning of the, that particular production. Yeah, this is just a common, uh, the current example that I've been involved with. Well, it's good. This covers a couple topics. This covers how the pandemic affected your career and it covers the project that you most recently worked on, which will be relatable because it's the show that's coming out now. So, so, so yes. So it's AMC and AMC is obviously known for the walking dead is their mm-hmm. marquee show. Yep. AMC used to be just old movies. At least yeah, that's right, what right, I remember. Right. 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 Castles, right. A lot of, a yeah. lot of black and Westerns white movies and, and yeah. Westerns. Yep. So they're, they're they, they did breaking bad, right? Was it them? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that was so their genre has been breaking bad, walking dead and a, a few Western type shows like yeah. hell on wheels and things like yeah, that. Yeah. They did that one was like, it wasn't zombie Western. Who was it? It was, um, oh Christ, what was that guy's name? It was like Wyatt Earp, but not Wyatt Earp. I think it was his daughter. Do they do that one? Is Winona? Uh, I'm not sure what you're. Or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But like anyway, a, that's their type of yeah, yeah, genre. Yeah. So this is really a whole different direction for them. Kind of a dark comedy. I admit, I didn't really understand why they're doing this, just based upon what we know AMC at mm-hmm. as. Oh, and by the way, I don't technically work for AMC. I'm in a union. And I've worked for HBO, Sony, Paramount, whoever. So you were like a union hall. You just get a call. Like, I need you on this show and come here. Theoretically. Yeah. Or is there like, cause I know like with unions, like in the trades where I work with, there are, there's the union hall and there are union companies who have their, their people. And then if they go to the hall, they just need extra Uh, people. So for mine, my boss would be called the, the production designers at the top of the pyramid. Mm -hmm. Then under that would be the construction coordinator and my boss, who they call the charge scenic artist, mm-hmm. and they're kind of equals the one notch down in the pyramid. So the charge scenic artist, he's in the same union as I am, and he just gets hired. Uh, he's someone whose resume counts, and they talk. It's all um, networking, different it's important for him to get in good with different production designers. The mm-hmm. production designers are the ones that hire my boss, and I kind of exclusively work for this one guy it's kind of a clicky job. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm in this posse of about eight of us that are our main little click. And then we hire more people as needed. As I said, sometimes we're anywhere, from, laborers. anywhere yeah. from eight to 60 people, but you're like one on of the, the lead. Of the main yes, people. yes. Yeah. I've gotten in that. Um, just because not that I'm super talented artistically, but because I'm an anal retentive fuck. Consistent. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure very good. And or, yeah, organization yeah. is yep. my, my thing. And a lot of artistic people, this is not a stab. A lot of people are just, uh, 
you know, they don't use that portion of their brain. Yeah. And I am not nearly as good as being creative as some of these people. I want to make that very clear, but I'm very organized. So well, that's your we kind of need someone on my kind of works together. Difference. Well, mm -hmm. yeah. we, you know, someone has to make sure that we have all the supplies we need and that logistically shipping things out and, back and forth. And I, I do a lot of the more finesse work. And as someone who probably runs that department, they look to you to not need to tell you exactly what you need to do. Like we need to get this accomplished, this bigger goal. And you're like, okay, cool. I've got a hundred things in my mind right now. I'm going to yeah, go exactly. take care of all the that key, stuff. The key is. So he knows um, you're going to take care of that. Yeah, he doesn't right. think about it. There's, there's nothing like being able to tell your employee, Hey, go take care of that over there. Just tell me when you're done. And just trusting that Ryan did it in a timely fashion to the level desired and yeah. you know, it's done. You don't right. have to go check it to see if he cut You don't have to explain every step. Yeah. Right. Just Ryan, go do that. Mm -hmm. Consider it done. You turn the I, screwdriver I, this way. That's yeah. a little line. Consider it done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. It's kind of a mocking thing, but um, all right. So anyway, AMC went down this different genre. I don't know why. Again, I don't really talk to the showrunner hangs out there where I was working and the product, all the office people are there. So we start to, we come back August 1st. We had already started a few of the sets in February and March. The main first and second floor of the main character's house, who is Annie Murphy is the wife from Schitt's Creek. Very nice lady, by the way. She comes yeah. around, talks to everyone. A lot of people Catherine at that. She's not in it. Annie oh. Murphy. The oh, daughter. that's a real oh, daughter. Okay. She was Alexis. Yeah. Okay. Alexis. Yeah. Okay. Alexa. I thought in my head it was the, so she is the that. wife in the show mm -hmm. and the other people are kind of, nobody knows who they are yet. Mm -hmm. I want to use the right, the wrong term here. Basically it's bizarre. Like you explained back, um, last year, what the show was, that it was a, a sitcom of, you know, Kevin James and like a family Roseanne type of family sitcom. But then when the trailer came out, it's this juxtaposition of uh, like a dark drama um, okay. that's not in front of a live audience. It's just like a regular dark drama TV show. Yep, yep, yep. And then as soon as she walks through the door of this house, it's like you hear the laughing in the background. The standards of sitcom. Um, yeah. It's like her. It's two monologues. Yes, is a, exactly. Is exactly. A, it's yeah. too drastic. Sitcom, yep. You go from the 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 generic sitcom with the audience laughing and. Again, the men ridiculing the women. I'm not trying to get into some sexist rant right, here. That's the concept. But just so that's, that's the concept yeah. of yep. what sitcoms have always been, right? The woman is belittled. The men are just some drunk, fat slob mm -hmm. sitting there. Uh, yeah, making distasteful jokes. And, right, right, yeah. which is fine. You know, I admit I enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> but this is kind of a, a pushback against that. So then she's plotting to kill him and well, just, just watch the trailer, but it really yeah. contrasts from one side to the other. So it'll be interesting to see how it's played out again. I don't have any decision-making in that, but I get to kind of ad lib with sometimes with the aesthetics of it. So yeah, they might give you a rough idea and get your opinion. And then sometimes I'm sure they give you a very specific thing they right. need. So we'll go back to what I was, the, so they make the blueprints and they hand them to the construction coordinator and my boss. Yep. And we start to physically make these sets. Yep. So we physically make the sets based upon the blueprints. The blueprints are more for the carpenters, let's say, than us. Whereas my part is the more creative. 
it's not so absolute. There's mm -hmm. a lot of variables in mind. The surface textures. Right. So they will give us reference photos. They will print out. Yes, they will print out paper and they, or Killing email the us pictures. Yep. I hate that. I like it when they email me a picture. That's instead. better. They will email us pictures, just some reference photos of kind of what they want the substrate finishes to be like. And we kind of free form to a degree, but the production designer and the art directors, which are right under him in the pyramid, that's like a sublet 1A, mm. <laughs> the art directors are kind of like project managers. They come around and make sure that everything is going as scheduled. They're the hands-on guys, like right. making sure you're doing your job. Right. The production yep. designer rarely comes down, but the art directors come around once every few days and kind of make sure progress. that- Right. They kind of- mm -hmm. Oh, well, you know what? Now that I see that, I don't really like it because again, from what John does, looking at it in a rendering on the computer translated to reality might be completely different. The yeah, scale effect yeah. might or be just, wrong. Yeah. It might just, there's many things that they could decide yeah, that they don't like. Of, and of course, there. that's all opinion based, right? Sure, sure. It's all someone's opinion, but it comes down to the production designer's opinion. <laughs> it depends on where they are on that pyramid where their like. opinion matters, right? right. Yeah. So it's sometimes it's hard to mind read what someone yeah. want, wants. Do you, do you ever have a situation, sorry to cut you off, where like you get uh, the blueprints have already gone to the construction people that are, are start the build out and then you get the reference images and you, do you have an opportunity to ever say like, look, I really don't think this is going to pan out how you guys are picturing. Uh, why don't we try this? Sometimes we can. If you've developed, again, it's all about uh, networking. Like this job, this was the first time we worked with this production designer. So the first few months, we we're kind of feeling each other out because he doesn't know. It's just like any job. He yeah. doesn't know really what we're capable of. Mm -hmm. And we don't really know. Everyone's kind of got a poker face in a sense, cause you're trying to be somewhat professional, at least somewhat, yeah. somewhat. So you're trying to feel out, do these people suck at this? Is this guy super vague? Is yeah. he indecisive? It goes back and forth. So over time you get a little more leeway and you feel more of a comfort level, like any relationship with a little more. Where you'd be more comfortable to yeah. not to, to, you know, question an idea yes. or suggest so I want this, you're like, change. Do you Absolutely. Really, now, do you really now that it's that? been over a year on this project, we're very comfortable with each other. Yep. Um, we're taking group showers together. No, we haven't done that. <laughs> but, but no, we're, that's, we're, that's next season. we're comfortable yeah. enough that, you know, they kind of know what we're capable of or where we have shortcomings. You know, nobody's perfect. And I know what this guy's vague about or what he likes. Because again, everyone likes, everyone fixates on certain little details mm -hmm. Like one of the art directors is obsessed with door hardware. I've learned in by September, this guy, all he cared about was knobs. That's what he fixates on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, well, we, we talked no about pun this. intended about knobs, but you know, let's face it mm -hmm. in again, most people probably don't think about it, but what's, what's one of the things you see a lot knobs and light switches and yeah. because people are the always going through there's always some kind of a yeah. zoom in on a knob. Yep. <laughs> well, we, we've or talked about picture. this and so, totally not related so everyone to this. Fixes everyone on different yeah. things. Yeah. Even with the car stuff, everybody fixates on different exactly, details. Exactly. It all kind of comes full circle with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, I, I know I'm talking kind of in circles. No, no, this is good. So August, we came back and we carried on. We kind of, Obviously we had a whole, a whole new plan without the, the studio audience was scrapped. 
that was complete. So they're just dubbing in some sound mm-hmm. now. Um, which again, that's something I don't know anything about. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily affect aside from you not building bleachers. It right. doesn't affect exactly, what you're doing. Exactly. So they have two different things in this particular show, single cam and multi-cam. Yep. And that's two different styles of filming. One is for like assuming that there was a live studio audience. And one is yep. like if we were real life in the room together. So I'll get further into that. So part of why we build sets instead of just using a real place, one, it gives me a job. I benefit <laughs> from that. Real places we this do This is one of my questions too. is, are there situations where there's a perfect building that exists that you could yeah, just again, film Yeah, again, do you want me to of? keep just ranting or do you want to just ask questions? No, I, I don't me? have, I, I honestly knew that we were going to kind of bounce around a lot. So I didn't write out very specific questions, but I've just been taking notes as we're talking. Like, are there situations where, um, like I know, for instance, like a house that everybody knows, like the house from Breaking Bad. Um, I just saw somebody on social media recently, like went to like oh, the I saw actual that house. They're still throwing remember, pizza saw, on yeah. that roof. Yep. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like they pro... I don't know for sure, but in your experience, I assume what happens is they film the front of the house and it's an actual house and then the interior shots aren't actually inside that house. It's a set. That's exactly how it works. So typically outdoor scenes, if they're more generic, not like a, a colonial yeah. PC. Let's yeah, say if it's not let's like, say contemporary it's like, like show Bridgerton that just say, came out. Right. That's a, a right, built exactly. set. That's a yeah. whole different thing. But let's just say a contemporary sidewalk scene. Yep. You're going to film out on the street and we will go and alter the window, the signs, the door, the heart. You know, there's all sorts of little things that we will futz with. Because that, would that have people like copyright just, for like the businesses who are actually yeah, there? That, or? or again, the production designer has a specific look in mind okay. because everyone wants to feel like they're important. Mm-hmm. Right. And obviously that's creative. Yep. I, I didn't mean that mocking either. I know some people get offended by <laughs> the, that. The, that sign uh-huh. doesn't have the patina right, obvious, that I have right, a vision exactly. for my Obviously scene. everything you want bespoke to your vision. Mm-hmm. There, I use that word bespoke. That's uh, a buzzword now. That's a buzzword. It is a buzzword. We should have a dinger for when yeah. we yeah. big words. Oh, that's a good, yeah, that's a good idea. Jason Kress, that was his favorite word. Anyway. Um, buzzword so, dinger. Yeah, let's use the Breaking Bad example. The outside of the house and the yard and when they're in the street is physically... That on that real an actual street. house on a street. Now, in a warehouse or a studio, in New England, we don't really have many studios. So we'll just rent out a big warehouse, like an old... Old factory old or something. Yeah. million yeah, square some, foot factory sure, with the sure. tall ceilings. And uh, we will make it into our space. We'll put down a, a soundproof type floor. Mm-hmm. And they'll film in there. Yep, we will yep. film. Well, like the one that... On that show I was just on, we have about 20 sets built inside of this big warehouse. That's cool. And they're all a certain space apart for fire safety. And then that's where that whole show is filmed, essentially, all the indoor well, scenes. Well, all the indoor scenes yep. are in there. But we, but let's just use that Breaking Bad because everyone knows it as an example. Yeah, that, that was just the first like, no, 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 that's, visual it's house a good, it's reference a good that example. came to It's mind. a very good example. Yeah. So, again, the street scene and the front yard are out in real life. But yep. again... The house may have been painted a completely different color. They changed the shrubs, the bushes, the shutters on the windows, all those things. Yeah. Everything has been altered. And then, um, but then all the interior shots 
are built inside of a warehouse yep. so that these walls can be moved mm-hmm. and you have a lot more, you're in a controlled environment. You can t- control the sound, the temperature, because everyone gets, like I remember Robert Downey Jr. It had to be 65 degrees. <laughs> so we were filming that movie, The Judge, and yep. it was a hundred degrees out in Norwood, yep. right near where uh, Trillium is in this yeah. warehouse. It's a hundred degrees outside and it was 65 inside because <laughs> he was such and was a, a, rain cloud a in bitch the, uh, about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, everyone, certain people are temperamental naturally. When you get to that level, I guess you can, if people don't say no, why, yeah. why not keep right. asking, right? On a ball of like, I don't ask M&Ms. for much. I just want it to be 65 degrees. That's all I care and about. And by the you way, know. I'm not, I'm not, I want to make it clear as well. I'm not name dropping. I'm not hanging out with these people. Sometimes you see them in passing. You're supposed to be professional. You know, some of them say hello. Yeah, you're not supposed to run up to them and ask for autographs. You know, you don't take selfies and autographs. You know, they're just there to work too. You have to remember that we're just in the environment. But usually they have a little... uh, like they have a thing. handler. No, no, like, a like they'll have a Almost handler because like they all kind of have a personal assistant. Sure. People up higher up have a, they have their own trailer outside. Like everyone's familiar with, they all have their own trailer where they go hang out and get hand jobs and hot towel massages <laughs> and fed grapes to the fan. And where are these you know, trailers? Whatever they do that. Yeah. Uh, trust me, I have nothing to do with that part. So it's, again, it's, it's not glamorous. I'm very dirty, filthy. We're the dirtiest people there. I have shit dirt, dust, concrete all over me. Covered they kinda, in shit all the They kind of look at us like, get the fuck out of here, you pig. <laughs> <You're> heathen. <laughs> right. So, okay. So back to where we were, back to the Breaking Bad example. Yep. House. Uh, so the house is constructed in a warehouse. That job was actually all done in New Mexico. And uh, so they'll rent a warehouse and all the interior shots are done inside a building. And we do something with the walls called, this wall is wild a stupid term. I don't know where they came up with it, but basically it just means removable. So say that wall right there, I know no one can see this, but say that that wall right there will have the seams at the corners so that that whole wall can be removed so that the certain camera angle- get another shot angle. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. so they can put a camera in. Okay. So now do you have another wall that fills in that where the camera was- well, we represent. put the wall back because no, no, no. But like, so, see. so say you're shooting in one direction, like you're yep. shooting from this side to the three walls yep. there. So now you've got that shot. So then you move that wall out so you can see them this way. But now this wall is open. So do you have a third yes. wall that yep. rolls in? Yep. All right. We're, we have a lot of things like that. And it might be the ceiling sometimes or something called muslin, which is just like a white cloth almost. Yep. That's over stretch fabric. That's a very theatrical thing. A lot of things, that's part of why they're lightweight is because we're constantly moving things because filmmaking has evolved so much since HD came around. Sure. If you guys go back and look at an old movie, the, yeah, lighting, you can see is, the-, the lighting is horrific, right? Oh, A lot yeah. of times it's like you hear the dialogue, but you can't even see the people. So yeah. Filmmaking has become so much about lighting, lighting, the the lighting. That's a whole different world. Again, I can go down a hundred different avenues here. There's so many departments and so many people so much money and time goes into filming. It's insane. I, I still don't comprehend how they make any money off this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but clearly they do. Someone's making Yeah, a lot they're of still money doing it, it, so someone's making I money. I mean, they pay us a, a reasonable wage. Yeah. But um, there's obviously people making a hundred times more than I do on right, each project. Right. So and that uh, must actually play into what you use for materials too, because if you have something that's really shiny, it's reflecting light in a wrong manner. Right. See, like that's that has gonna, a lot to do yeah. with we have to um Yeah, stage lights are gonna reflect at, back. Uh boy, I don't even know where to 
I can just <laughs> now I can just keep going on so many different avenues here without making it boring and nonsensical. But yeah, so the walls and ceilings, everything can kind of move so that you can get different angles. Whereas if you go film in an apartment on the 10th floor, it might have the feeling you want, which we do sometimes, but obviously you're very limited to the and angles. Time of day well, makes the, the sun's the coming general, in different Well, area. no, no, they, they control the lights outside, but but just you can't move walls in a physical pre-existing building. In an actual yeah. building, yeah. Like say you go to the uh, Park Place, the famous hotel in Boston there. Yep. We've made replicas of the facade for a Sandler movie, the outside, and we replicated the hotel rooms right down to the exact carpet, everything, mm -hmm. because obviously they didn't want us in there cutting holes in the wall to run different wiring for sound or yep. lights. A lot of times they'll tape tape things up to the ceiling and rig different things like that hanging yep. with the boom mics and this and that. There's so many things. So it's just easier to build the set, even though it sounds crazy. It's easier to physically build it because they can, you're, you have 100% control of, the, of everything, of everything yeah. moving, the lighting, the sound, the temperature. There's not some drunk guy walking by, yeah, shrieking across the bum or whatever scenario, yeah, exactly. you know, paparazzi, whatever it may be. Um, it's a, and it there, it's kind of secretive, you know, they don't advertise. We're going to be here because again, you want it to you don't run want fans. No, they tell them and it's a wrap. Oh, we were just shooting here. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. sometimes you see it on the news and whatnot, but they don't really want a lot of fanfare because it's a big distraction. Yeah. I saw that they already made a big deal about, uh, where they're filming the new Dexter. Around here. Right. That's uh yeah, so there the, is one studio in Massachusetts called New England Studios. It's up in Air Mass, right by the Devons Air Force. I know where Base. Air is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right off Route Two. I've worked there a few times. They're beautiful studios, but they built them a little too far away from Boston. Yep. So Yeah, it's like a fifty minute again, hour commute for the people. Marquee actors don't want to work there because they're all gonna stay at some nice place in Boston mm -hmm. and time is money. So if they're driving in an hour to an hour and a half each way. They don't want to stay that, at the Holiday Inn and no, Air. Exactly, exactly. That, that brings me to, so when I, I'm in the fire protection industry and years ago when I was still on the road, the the big buzz was Hollywood East is coming to Middleborough. And so then they were going to build these massive production studios out in the Cranberry Bogs somewhere. And they were going to, because they're only 20 minutes from Boston, it was going to be the next greatest thing. And then it just kind of all fell flat on its face. Like, I don't know. Exactly. If ever, We've heard about that forever and yeah. it's just never come to fruition. Yeah. So typically we just rent out, again, a, a respectable, mm -hmm. unused warehouse. They'll lease it for a year or two. But this is a TV show I've been on. So it's an eight season, one hour episode for AMC. I posted eight the seasons. trailer. Sorry, eight episodes. Oh, okay. I was eight saying, whoa. The, was I dyslexic there? I may have said that wrong. <laughs> eight episodes. Eight episode season. And you know, that's another thing. Programming. Okay, this is an embarrassing one, but my wife and I have been rewatching Dawson's Creek. That was kind of, I was show. the demographic for that when it came out. Sure, sure, yep. sure. It's kind of funny watching it now, whatever. James like Vanderbeek's hair. That tree's the wrong color. That thing doesn't right. look right. Well, no, yeah. no, but just- Do you, they're, do, you they're do that? 20, do you pick things yes, apart? Yes, yeah, it's awful. I can imagine, yeah. So, but shows used to be 22, 24 episodes. Remember sure. that? Yep. And now yeah. most shows are six, eight, 10 episodes because yep. they spend so much money and time. Because every hour episode is like a movie. Because they, wild. everything is over, you know, a 10 second scene. They might spend all day filming, mm. all day filming. It's huh. just so anal retentive. It's just like everything in the world. It's gone over the top. Mm. 
like thing, there's stories of Ben Stiller doing a hundred takes because he didn't like how his left cheek looked in this scene. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of prima donnas. I'm, I'm, well, I'm saying, I'm being like, this, you must've heard some serious stories. Yeah, there's, there's like, there's funny ones like, uh, Van Damme, if people remember that name, yep. um, Jean when he Claude. was in the early nineties, double impact and all those, oh, yeah. he was a big yeah. time guy. And there was a story about, um, they have a thing called craft service where they just kind of have a, a uh, table of snacks that you can come over and get like what we have on the table and whatever. Charcuterie. Right, yeah. right. So uh, he came, he was obsessed with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and there huh. wasn't any peanut butter. So he went ballistic and like overturned the tables and <laughs> tore down the tent. I mean, it could be bullshit, but you hear these little funny stories like Van Damme just went ballistic over peanut like, butter. It, it probably isn't true, but, but again, I, want, I want it to be true because again, it seems like something these he would do. people... Yeah. You know, when you get to that level, yep. no is not a word, right? No, exactly. Nobody tells you no. We have to keep you amused. And now he'd be like, I, I will make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's got nothing exactly. in years. Well, what was that commercial where he did the split on the two semi trucks? I think it was at the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah, yeah. probably. I don't even remember what the commercial what was his for. But I just remember him, him doing the split. Yeah. You guys remember that? Yep. I have no idea yep. what the premise was. But anyway, we're going all over the place. But go, go ahead, ask another. <laughs> That's what question. we do here. Yeah. So with the you were talking, about, you briefly mentioned green screen. Do you obviously they use green screens in small ways and big ways uh, for all different types of production? obviously probably more so in sci-fi. Do you have to um, build green screens into sets sometimes where like you'll have physical hard surfaces and one portion of it will be a green screen where they're going to. Yes. Yes. We do like that. The, like a TV behind a news anchor and a exactly. Yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's a good question because green screen and blue screen, there's two colors they use. They use green or blue. And okay. It's a very special paint that we get. There's only one manufacturer. It's very, very vivid, bright. Yep. ridiculously bright reflective. It'll fuck with your eyes. Huh. Um, so green screen is like the death of my world in general, mm, because yeah. the more the digital things are, right. The more digital things are, the less physical work there has to be. And again, I, I make no qualms about it, that my job is for entertainment. Yep. I understand, or I think that at some point it will pretty much not exist because everything will be digital. Yeah. But at the same now, time, a robot, on, yeah. right. A robot can only replicate so much of what a person can do mm -hmm. or same thing with software. You can only replicate yeah. so much. So uh green screen. Yes, we will. There's green fabric that people yeah, call like grips drop will cloths. hang. Yeah. And then we will use this green paint a lot of times to paint things or we'll make different uh like a staircase and then I will paint it green so that, and then someone so it can come look back like somebody's post-production yep. because they still need some kind of physical thing to move on. Right. Cause they're, they're, the actors aren't going to float there. They actually exactly, have to stand on exactly. something. But I haven't done a job like that in a while. Uh, this isn't a name drop either, but just so, uh, so I just did this. Kevin can F himself before that I did um, a film called free guy, which keeps getting postponed. It's Ryan Reynolds. I kind of think of it as the Truman show in a sense. Yep. I don't know if you guys have seen trailers for free guy. No, so Ryan like Reynolds is a video game character almost in like vice city. Yep. And he comes to one day he realizes that he's a character in a video game and he takes these glasses on and off with the glasses. He can see like what you see on a screen with the scoreboard and the different touch this for a hundred points. Yeah. Yep. Yep. old, but, uh, 
and he takes the glasses off and he sees real world. So that we had a lot more elaborate things and creative things. Yep. Whereas the thing I'm on is more of a generic everyday real life, real life. Real. contemporary yeah. real life thing. But that one took of the place things, in like current time, right? Exactly. It was current time in Boston and they called it free city, yep. but it was you, you, when you guys see the movie, if you see it, it actually looks <laughs> decent. I'm not just saying it. A lot of things I've done look, are awful. Kevin can have himself as current time as well. Yes. Very yep. current time. It's supposed to be in Worcester. Yep. So free guy, that was a lot of more creative. It's more of like a, it's a fantasy movie. So that yep. we had a lot of props and different, really creative, fun things. doesn't mean it's easy, but it's more fun to be creative for my world than a contemporary film. Mm. Um, RIPD was an awful movie, but it was Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges about 10 years ago. Yeah. I remember that one. And uh, we did some really zany stuff for that. That was a yeah, one year like project. That was a huge project. Oh, by the way, this Kevin Kneff himself should have only been about a five month project, but because of the pandemic and then they took a two month Christmas break because all the actors going back to where they went with quarantine, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So it's been really drawn out. I worked through the Christmas break, but uh, the filming has been extended a very long time just so they could do it safely because they're very concerned uh, Screen Actors Guild, that's the union that all the actors are in. They, yep. They've made very strict guidelines for their safety and protocols. So that's why we have such an an intense scrutiny of how. Yeah. Like you said, done. if, you know, we don't have to go into too much detail, but you're getting tested multiple times a week. Yeah. Yeah. I have to wear a mask all day. I don't mind it also because. As someone who paints, I wear a respirator a lot of the time anyway. Yeah. Or at least I should if I'm not being an idiot because yep. I've used so many toxic chemicals. You need to wear goggles more. But uh, I spent a lot of the time. <laughs> uh, a, a fun one was The Deuce. That was in New York. It was an HBO show. So we that did was three uh, seasons Schneider, of it. Right? Oh, no. The Deuce was the uh, um, James, porn show. Yeah, the porn show, yeah, my wife which, I, that. which hit my wheelhouse. It was Maggie Gyllenhaal. It was Maggie Gyllenhaal yeah. and Jake. No, no, no. Jake. Uh, James James, James Franco, Franco. Yep. James Franco, who he, he is a creep twins. in real life. He's is a he mega really? creep. He's very creepy. He's a, be he's oh, a beautiful man. Yeah, though. he's a beautiful man. Beautiful body on yeah. him. <laughs> okay, I didn't engage with him ever, but you know, you see him walking by again. You're not supposed to jump out and grope him. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you see these people milling around, just going about their day. And uh, that was interesting. We did some real nasty, gross, a lot of alleyways and dirty scenes. I made a lot of dildos. Yeah, because it was supposed to be like New York in the 70s, and yeah, It was right about like the beginning of porn in Times Square. So I spent about three years in New York, which was an oh, lightning experience. That was the job where you had the apartment in New York. Yep. Yep. Okay. So I would come home every weekend. So, oh yeah, that's another part of this, that the job is great, but the logistics of it are awful. Mm -hmm. So a typical day is 10 hours, a lot of times 12 hours. And it's at least an hour away each way. And it's not like the kind of job, oh, I'm going to take next Thursday off. You're kind of a prisoner of it. Yeah. So and the work it, itself is very fun. It's very creative. And Every you couldn't just you like could get move somewhere anything. like, oh, I'm going to move here so I'm near work. After that exactly. job's over, it might be, you know, another two hours away exactly. in another direction. Good, good point, John. That's the thing. No matter where you live, there is no good place because right now I've been working in Randolph, Massachusetts. Sometimes it's in somewhere in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's up in Swampscott, Mass. I did uh, Nosferatu, yeah. which mm -hmm. was a, 
a two season AMC show. We just did a winter kind of Christmas horror thing. That's kind of a bust. I don't know if you guys ever even watched it. Well, uh, Spock from Star Trek. Yeah, was, truth, truth. Spock uh, from Star Trek. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was so, the main was character. The devil, right? Yep. You play the devil. Yeah. Kind of, it was a fun job for my department, but the script was very bland. But that was the the one job I had that was twenty minutes from my house, the one time ever. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter where you live. A lot of the people that do it for twenty or thirty years just live in a hotel. Yep. Because it could be anywhere in the world at any time. Yep. So uh, now you're uh, with the. That's a good point for me to interject with this. Since you're in this union and you work generally for this one guy. Does this guy that you work for just not go for jobs that are too far away? Like, could your boss say like, all right, I got us a job in Idaho. You he know. could, he could, but, but we generally have been blessed. he doesn't. I hate to use the term blessed. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag blessed. blessed. Hashtag blessed. Uh, we've been pretty fortunate in Massachusetts. Massachusetts yeah. has been pretty lucrative. Say in the last 15 or 20 years, right. it's been very last, popular. Since for I shows. have been in yeah. it. Um, 75% of my time, we've had a job in Massachusetts, That's good. which again, unless you're from here, I could, it could be an hour away. It could be three hours away with traffic. Granted the past year, it's been nice. A lot yeah. less people on the road still can suck naturally with anyone <laughs> that commutes. But, um, so the job itself is great. Just the logistics of it is the downside. So that's why as time goes on, I'm at less and less car events and uh, and just getting old and becoming a curmudgeon. That's a side <laughs> point. But, uh, Gonna get just, you a cardigan and some slippers. Yeah, yeah and just exactly. Sit in your, exactly. Sit in your front porch. So, yell at teenagers on your lawn. Have they um, announced anything for a follow-up season of this show that yes, you've done? Yes, yes. So, so we're just about, the trailer just came out. I posted it the other day. And trust yep. me, I'm not getting anything to promote this. I no, don't really just, care if someone watches it or not. Yeah, well, that's why um, I posted on our episode thing for they, today. It's the most recent yeah, thing. Yeah, they so. have greenlit a second season. So typically a TV show. I'm surprised they greenlit a second season before the before first season aired. aired. Well, because they have invested so much money yep. into making the, the this first season, especially when you add the corona mm -hmm. activities. We modified the building. We spent, I should say, the first three weeks we modified the building to make it applicable. Learn to how to work with plexiglass, do. did you? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We got a lot of plexiglass. <laughs> uh, well, I've been eating in my car lunch and break Ugh. for the past year. Yeah. Just go outside Jeez. and sit in the car and idle, polluting the environment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they've, they've, they put a lot of money into it, but the second season of something like that costs a lot less money because the primary sets and the, the, the everything's same. kind of established and set up. So, uh, Again, not everything is a set. I touched on it before with the Breaking Bad thing. Yeah. Three quarters of this show is at this at the warehouse, but we do go to the exterior shots and there's certain buildings that if it's a quick scene like someone running through a running through a commercial kitchen. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, picture a big restaurant, those scenes where someone's chasing someone with a butcher knife through sure, a sure, sure, yep. big restaurant. We will go there and we'll modify the kitchen a little bit for a day. Yep. And they'll shoot the scene versus we'll building an entire right. set so for that they, one thing. So we go back and forth with things like that. Um, but because of corona, we have built more sets than typical because of going to public aspects. places. Right. So this show it's doubled the workload from my world because of the Corona stuff. How many yeah. times going to say Corona? Right. No, you're, you're building, <laughs> you're building more sets for it before. All right. We need to film a, you know, 
like you said, a kitchen shot. We'll go to a restaurant up right. the street quick. So the things in New York, like that show, the deuce I did would have been almost impossible to do now because there would be yeah. 300 extras walking up and down the street. Mm-hmm. We have people fucking in an alley next to trash bags, all fake trash, by the way. I couldn't <laughs> believe <laughs> I'll never forget the first day I got paid to, to make one of the things trash. that we do is called aging and distressing. So we will, we will, let's say we will, make the set look as desired. Mm-hmm. But then if everything's sparkling, fresh, clean, uh, typically that it that's won't not look real. real. So we do a lot of dirty. Especially when up. that show was set. Right. Depending on the, what's desired for the show, which right. most things we, we dirty things up. We, we roll extra layers of grime on the walls. I go around with a hockey puck, little things that you d- I didn't think about till I did it. Just something as simple as a hockey puck. You go around and make like kick and scuff marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, you take a block, a little square block of wood. You put a little paint on it, kind of rub it up and down the edge of a door casing. So uh. that it looks like when you move through, sometimes I'll take chains, like if you were into into domination, <laughs> beat, beat the shit out of trim. Out of your personal collection, right. did you? Beat the shit out of trim and tables. Like look at the imperfections and dents on the, you, sure. you, know, you have to, all these little details that I don't know if anyone even notices when they're watching a program, but if, but you if the thing was sparkling that, clean, you would notice stark, it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Things look very stark and bland. So a lot of the things I do, no one ever even notices. It might just be to stroke the production designer's ego. I'm sure that's if a you good didn't, question for I, listeners. Yeah. I think if, if you didn't people do though, notice, you notice these it. little things again, when you see that knob, when it's fresh and clean, we'll put dirty wax on it again. Like Ryan said earlier about reflection, a lot of times you'll be dumbing things down so that you don't get, get a glare off. off of it right. when the camera hits it a certain way. Like, yeah, like the, know, the pictures, the pictures. Yeah, yeah. We will put something over it to, you know, you just, it's all the about dollar. control, yep. yeah. control, control your mind. <laughs> this is do a <laughs> hypnosis podcast right now. Uh, Listen to the sound of my yeah. voice. So they've already greenlit season two on that. Now with that, like say before season two was greenlit, they just have all these sets. Do they save these sets after these productions are over with, or does it just get destroyed? All right. So a TV show and a movie are two very different are done very differently. Yep. A TV show, naturally, you hope for as many seasons as possible. A movie is just is done and over. Yep. So. Let's they go for that sequel. It's a very wasteful industry. It's an, yeah. I call it an industry of waste. I run around toting. If people know me, I'm an obnoxious prick. I run around toting all day. An <laughs> industry of waste because we build these things. I might spend six weeks on one set, not exclusively all day, but you know. 50 people may have worked on this one set and it's half a million dollars or a million dollars sometimes for one set mm-hmm. to physically build the set. They film it for one day. We tore it, tear it down, throw it in the dumpster. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. insane. It's disgusting. And that's why movies cost I'm probably going to get fired yeah. by saying this stuff. <laughs> yeah. If the wrong people here, but no, it's, it's horrifying. Wow. That is wild. Um, but a TV show like, Again, we'll use the example of the one I'm on. There's a stereotype first floor, living room and kitchen, then the second floor bedroom set. Those are the main sets. They spend a lot of time in there blabbing away. Mm-hmm. So those sets we will those stay. maintain. They're like the marquee sets of the show. Yep. And other ones, there's a liquor store or a friend's apartment or yep. a salon or you know whatever it may be. And those might come and go. So 
how I said the walls are wild, we will stack them up kind of together vertically like dominoes yep. and put them to the side in a different part of the building huh. because it may come back in a later episode. Mm -hmm. yep. So we will Which you don't reuse know that it. Until right. We don't know because a lot of the stuff's kind of by the seat of the paint. Yeah, it might not even be written yet. Because this one they do, they film two episodes at a time with a different director. A lot of these TV shows... They use a different director for every episode. Yeah, you guys heard notice some of in that. credits yep. when you watch any program. Yeah. And part of that is just so they kind of have a different feel so mm -hmm. it doesn't get monotonous. Sure. Yeah, a lot of those like uh, Game of Thrones one. Exactly. I, I never watched that show, but I had a lot of friends really, that Really, a fantastic show. And yeah, uh, I heard a lot of people say, oh, I love the episodes directed by so-and-so. Blah, blah, blah's episode is so good. And Right, even though I'm involved in it, I don't nerd out like that yeah. per se. Again- just because I'm hands-on with it doesn't mean I, those people are in production, say the director. I rarely would ever speak to a director. Right. Like I'm just a peon. So if they're talking to me, that's kind of awkward. Occasionally <laughs> the people are nice, but let's be honest. A lot of the people in that industry at that level are known to be nice. very pretentious. Elitist. Again, I might yeah. get uh, fired for this, yeah. but I'm just being real. But yeah. people like Annie... Murphy, very cool lady. She comes around, and talks to everyone, thanks them for what they've done. Um, well, yeah, it, I was going to, it was feels another, good. You know. Again, she's not like hugging it. Well, we're not supposed to hug right now. Anyway. Right, right, right. But you know, just, just even an attaboy or a head nod or a, what's up, you know, that goes a yeah, long like, way. How's your day going? That goes a long right. way. Uh, yeah. Whereas someone like Kevin James is a huge prick. Like if yep. he comes around, you're supposed to leave the, vacate the area. Do not make eye contact. Huh. Like you're a piece of shit. I mean, he doesn't, uh, but, but it's just a very to like, don't meet your heroes kind of yeah. thing. I would expect him to be more of a regular kind but, of guy. But like the best people were the Sandler people. All that, yeah. I know Kevin James is associated with Sandler a lot, but Adam Sandler, nicest guy ever. The naked guy, the cross-eyed guy, they're just regular dudes that say we got really lucky. So yep. it's nice when you're around people like that. Like I like basketball. Mm-hmm. This was my uh, next question was Adam like Sandler talk about so Adam Sandler, <laughs> Adam Sandler, every I've done three Adam Sandler projects because he's from Concord, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. No, yep. Manchester. Yeah. Manch Vegas. Manch Vegas. Vegas. Uh, he likes to come do movies in Massachusetts yep. to kind of support the community. Yeah. Uh, so I've done four prod, three or four projects with him. And uh, he's super nice. He comes around, talks to everybody and everywhere we go, every place we set up a basketball court and oh, that's they'll cool. even have us paint the lines. Mm -hmm. and that's awesome. For a while, he came like four summers in a row that I worked on his projects on the North shore of Massachusetts. Yeah, they're doing grownups up there, right? Yep. The yeah. grownups movies. I hate you, dad. Um, here comes the boom. Yep. Well, that was Kevin James. Yep. Um, did you do any of those? Uh, he got that Netflix contract. No, I haven't done yeah. any of those. There was like a- There was like four in a row. He got a contract Hubie for Halloween four. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, admit, yeah. I watched 10 minutes and turned it off. I couldn't it stand better. it. It got better. I knew people yeah. that- I It got better. I, that voice he does, I can't- uh, Yeah, that voice is- That's from I his old sometimes. like comic- I know, I know. Um, but CD it's not the same as it is on the yeah, CDs. When you're a 50-year-old man, it just sounds funny coming yeah. out of your mouth. That's just my opinion. No, that's it, like uh, when he- the Water Boy, same thing. Yeah, but again, he was- Half that his age, 20 years right. ago. That was 25 years 30 ago. 30 years old yeah. when he did that, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, he's really cool. But, again, it's hit or miss. Some of the people are very pretentious. Some of them are super cool. Like The Rock. 
Adam Sandler and The Rock are the nicest people because The Rock has made it very clear he was just a regular dude who got lucky. He grew mm -hmm. up very poor and he goes around, makes sure everyone has coffee or heat or whatever. Like he's a real person. What, what project did you work on for him? Uh, Central Intelligence. Oh, that was, yeah, with Kevin. That uh, was Hart. done. We did that in Burlington, Mass. No kidding. Yep, that was a fun project too. Again, that was a more generic. There was a bunch of stunts and things that blew up because the guns and yeah, yeah, fighting yeah. and smoke things. But that was a fun project. Like Kevin Hart. Yeah. You could see he can go either way. He was kind of obnoxious. I know I'm obnoxious, but you could hear him from way down the other side of the building. Just that voice yeah. was screeching. Mm -hmm. uh, but but the rock super nice guy super he he would go around and thank everyone like again you don't need that but it was just cool to yeah, see someone just, at that yeah. level yeah like just feel it better gives you about a little it. faith in humanity <laughs> yeah exactly what did you like, uh, gives you a little faith in humanity on the adam sandler topic before we go too far from there what did you think of uncut gems like a lot of people that was mixed reviews cuz they they didn't like him in a serious movie or whatever i thought it was fantastic i didn't it took me quite a while to see it mm -hmm. i didn't see it immediately. I don't same. remember. I feel like it was a year later, maybe. Yeah. Mine was about the same. I didn't go to the theater to see it. And then I watched it. No, on, it was definitely a know, quarantine watch. But I thought like that movie was fan. It, it gave me such anxiety, which it's supposed to. That yeah. was the whole yeah. objective. I thought it was fantastic. I also love Kevin Garnett. So that helps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he just kind of, I know it was technically acting, but he just kind of, he was, was good. himself. Yeah. yeah. But I thought the movie was fantastic. That it kind of reminded me of Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Okay. I don't know if you guys have seen that yeah, movie. Yeah, a long time ago. Oh, great fuck scene with Marissa Tomei and Philip <laughs> Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> no, that's a combination. I highly you suggest that, yeah. yeah. But uh, it really intense, like they plot to kill their parents and uh, Ethan Hawke's in that. But and I didn't work on that. But uh, it just reminds me of really intense where it makes you uncomfortable to watch. You're kind of yeah, yeah. intense. And, you know, t that means that they did well. They made their impact right, right, that right. well. Again, that's nothing to do with what I do that portion of a project, but I like seeing again, actors. I work or, with inanimate objects, yep. inanimate I like, objects. Yeah. I like seeing the celebrities play themselves and things too. Like uh, there's a show they didn't, I don't think it did that well, but it's a really, I think it was great. Um, it was called don't trust the bitch in apartment 23. I remember the name, but so I don't remember who it's it was. um James Vanderbeek. Yep, plays Vanderbeek again. Vanderbeek today. He plays himself, <laughs> but it's like he plays himself as if like he's kind of like a B actor, like he hadn't made it yet. So he's like living. He's like the neighbor across the hall of these people that have this apartment together. It's kind of like the new girl, yep. like same yeah, kind of yeah, concept yeah, yeah. as that. But like James Vanderbeek's an actor in it, and he plays. Does himself. he still have the parted hair down the middle? Uh, not parted hair down he the better. middle. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> get Dawson's Creek. Yeah, Go back yeah. and watch it. Yep. The hair is hilarious on him. But yeah, that was a cool. Well, show. Another call back to him. And you like an actor who can't doesn't take themselves that seriously. When him and Jason Biggs did the thing for uh, Silent Bob, yeah, when they were exactly. like, "Yeah, that was good." Exactly. I'm the pie fucker as he's getting dragged yeah. out of the thing. Oh yeah. Uh, at that point, he's like, "All right, I got a little respect for him." Like you can you can goof on yourself. Like I'm the Dawson. Like that's just funny, you know. But uh, well, I'll go back to again all the things as an outsider. The things that I didn't understand went into making a film or a TV show, it's absolutely insane. There's departments, again, just on the production crew, the average production crew for a TV show is over a hundred people. There's people that think of like the roadies for 
music sure. concerts that set up all the aluminum trusses and stages and all the brackets with the yeah, aluminum pipes. Yeah, the rigging pipes. and all that stuff. Right. Yep. They're, they're called rigging grips. Yep. Then there's rigging electric with this crazy cable. It's like very girthy cable. It's like three inch cable, very expensive. And they run all that cable. They route it, they pull it. There's those huge lights everywhere. The rigging grips also have things called gels, mm -hmm. which are just like different type of, it's like a giant sheet of plastic. The colors that, that go right, in front the of the lights. The different colors, because yeah, yeah. yep. again, everything's about lighting. Yeah, yeah, you change the shade the or sound. the tone or something, so, sure. And the rigging grips also put all the, like the black duvetine for the sound, yep. like the big black fabric. It's all about lighting, no shadows. If you go back and watch uh, shows from the 90s. You should lights that Josh right, just got. If mm. you go back to the 90s and you look at shows, all the shadows, you can tell that there's like a drop light like right above someone. You can see the someone. boom mic in right, the exactly, background. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so things have come. That's why things are only eight or 10 or six episodes now because so much time is spent in over analyzing every little thing mm -hmm. just like we had a new girl come and cut not an apprentice but she's kind of trying out for us i won't go down that road uh <laughs> she's trying Is out there a for black us couch involved? and she's just fascinated with all the different things that are involved just to shoot one little stupid scene you know just not just what you see on the camera, but the thing, all the things that are hanging from above on the ceiling yeah. and around it. And just, it's astronomical. Again, the money that is spent to produce any show. So like that Game of Thrones, I know John hasn't watched it. They were spending an obscene oh millions God, and millions scenery. of dollars. Like that, Every episode that was is a, was my dream, movie. right? Yeah. That is my dream because I want more elaborate things. Mm -hmm. Contemporary things are boring from my little world mm -hmm. have you what have you done for as far as like sci-fi and more elaborate scenes like what stuff have you worked on that kind of itched that for you uh r.i.p.d was probably one of the more involved ones or there was one called the zookeeper oh i remember which that. we did in franklin park zoo in boston so that, that was, was fun Damon, made, right? that was kevin james where he was oh, a zookeeper and okay, the animals okay. talked, but they ended I'm up using, we bought a zoo yeah they yeah. ended up using so much cgi that all the cool zoo that we made was so uh, digital that yeah. it kind of all blended away because the animals spoke in it and mm -hmm. ended up being a shit movie. But, um, oh, The Last Airbender, huge bust, but that was the most elaborate movie I ever did. I went to Philadelphia for six months yep. and I don't know if anyone saw that. It was like the- con I remember hearing It was Shyamalan's it. version kind of of Avatar. Yep. It was kind of at the same time. It was like the there kid was like who was like the last world. of a samurai or right. something. Yeah. There was an ice world, a water world. It was almost like- huh. uh, Captain Planet with the five oh, different yeah, worlds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, awful comparison, but you know, the five different worlds that were dressed like a sand people world, the water world, the ice world, the the plant world. Um, but we're going to do one next. Oh, I'll explain another part. So we have about three weeks left. Just tell me if I'm talking too much. No, you're no, good. no, no, no. I'm oh, just yeah. making sure. So yeah. we have about three weeks left to finish the last episode of this current show, and it's going to air this summer. And we're supposed to start season two in the late summer. So you're still finishing season one now? We're almost done. Yeah, we're on the last so we're on episode yeah. eight. So that's your part. They're still filming. They'll film past yeah. your your sort of ending. Well, I'm, no. we're still, there's always some kind of fiddling to do every so day. So you're, you're there till they say we're done. I'm there till the end and yep. even after they're done. Okay. So 
Now you got to break I'm it down. Production, I have to break it down well, and kind of clean up because the film crew is dirty. They'll leave trash everywhere and they just kind of drop and walk. Yeah. So those rigging electric guys take down all the cords. The rigging grip guys take down all the trusses. 10,000 use zip ties everywhere. Yeah. The yeah. key grip. Uh, there's all sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Best boy. <laughs> yeah. What, what's a best boy grip? <laughs> that Who's the is grippy boy? Me. That's one of the, <laughs> that's like the number two guy with in the rigging electric. I don't know okay. how they came up with that name. <laughs> it's such a silly it name. It seems like something from the twenties. Like, yeah. You're my best, best boy. boy. Yeah. But it's like the number two dude for rigging electric. It's a stupid, stupid name. It is silly. I always giggle when I see that on the credits. So I get how it works. Is, so does yeah. your name get on the credits? Yes. Most okay. of the time it does. But again, by the time you get down to my world, the screen's rolling really fucking fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a blur. Yeah. Which is fine. Which is fine. But I admit it is cool to see your name yeah. on the credits. Like, again, no one ever sits there and watches the whole thing. You know, remember... Not that people go to movies anymore, but uh, remember the days where there was always those couple people that would sit there hoping that there was some kind of outtake after yeah. the credits. And some things still do that, right? Yeah, well, all the Marvel movies do that. Now yeah, you, gotta, yeah. you gotta wait, you get the teaser for the next one. So, uh, so all right, so we're about to finish. We're supposed to do season two in maybe August, start it up again. Yep. And so in between... We get various job offers. So you get pulled in on projects that are already running just as like an extra. I could sometimes, but usually I do something A to Z. Okay. So, um, so we're probably going to do another, a Netflix movie. I guess everything. It's kind of hard to even know what things are called anymore because it used to be, this was a TV show for NBC. This was a movie for Sony. This Mm -hmm. was a movie for Paramount, but now everything is so interconnected in the live stream term. Yeah. Yeah, Um, So Netflix movie with Sony production and Columbia at the same time in the theater. So I admit I'm very confused with it as well. But anyway, this Netflix project that's going to be called mothership and they change the names all the time because they'll start out with a name or they'll give like an alias so that people. Yeah. So you don't have secrecy. Sure. 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 I have no idea. All I know is mothership and it's Halle Berry. Yep. And I know we're supposed to make this big cave and a spaceship Huh. And like a house and it's going to be in Canton right near high output. high output. High output is a studio where they do a lot of the PBS, the Boston PBS stuff. Okay. okay. Um, and a lot of the Hasbro commercials, whereas yep. um, Chuck's wife, I shouldn't say that he might get weird, but uh, different people work for Hasbro. Yep. So a lot of the, ha- I've done a few Hasbro toy commercials there oh, before cool. where you make a little miniature set. And yep. It's kind of fun. Um, it's like a Saturday for you, huh? It's like a little yeah. couple hours. You build a little set. Yeah, no, there. The, like I've a, only done like that twice ever, but yeah. um, but yeah. So that's allegedly like that's how that works. We'll move on to that, and that'll be a filler. Yeah, obviously they don't line up the timing perfect, so there's always a point, or a lot of the times there's a point where at the beginning and the end of a job we kind of have a split squad to finish one job and start another. Mm-hmm. So is there like a you said, like you said, the post-production, is it like a cleanup crew or is it kind of just everybody? In- well, the post-production is more back with the editing and the sound. Well, yeah, but, I guess oh, post-production but, but is the wrong the term. Physical, okay, the physical, okay, the physical stuff that you do okay, after. so let, let's, March 16th, the last day of filming. Yep. On this TV show. Are they pretty rigid about that or does that often Yeah, they have a very, up? so they have a very set schedule based upon the actor's availability. Yep. Again, that's 
has nothing to do with me, but they have a very set schedule. Like this scene is going to film this day. So it better be fucking ready no matter what. So that's why sometimes we'll have to work Saturday, Sunday, yeah. all night because they're going to shoot it. Change the way the actors it has to be ready. Even if they change it a hundred right. times, yeah. The, yeah. The, the visual they're flying in that uh, day. They have exactly, to exactly. walk in and film. Yep. Um, so that schedule, they're much more, their schedule is a lot more important than mine. So, uh, <laughs> so it'll finish the 16th and then we'll have about a week to kind of, um, clean up and we pack up all our tools. We bring all our own tools, our department, uh, like, like AM, your personal tools, uh, or? my boss's tools technically. Yep. yep. So each department is responsible for all their own tools because AMC for example's sake, would yeah. not buy a bunch of tools for one TV show. What do you do at the end of it? Yeah. Makes so sense. So they give each department head a rental fee each week. They come to some kind of contract. Like my tools are worth this many right, dollars. Right. Sure. All my equipment that I'm bringing with my department is worth this much and you get a weekly rental for it. Mm -hmm. And that way, when you're done, you load it up in a trailer and you either go put it in storage or yep. move on to the it's next not project. So we're kind of like gypsies with that. Yeah. So every mm. four months to a year, I'm like starting a new, like pretend Kyle's shop KD designs. Yeah. Mm. Like every year I'm every four months to a year, I'm setting that shop up from scratch in a new so, okay, building so and a new me, place. So do you, when you move on some of these sets, do you get a space like a, like a shop have space. a garage, like a, like a NASCAR garage. Like yeah. they go to these different places and they have that place to set yeah. up. Do you get like, this is your I mean, spot. It's not like a great spot, but it's like you get this square footage and the, yeah. like, here's the, is it usually in the warehouse or do you have to go like this separate? one? Okay. So this one was in the warehouse. We had construction and my department, we built this giant wall, like in game of Thrones or like the border with Mexico. <laughs> it was a soundproof six foot thick wall with those big elephant doors that okay. close yep. for sound. So we could work on one side with our awfully loud equipment and they could film on the other side. That was pre Corona. Then we, they were eating outside because of Corona and this big white, like party, like a big tent thing, wedding a big tent white whatever, tent. Sure. They have, they have a caterer mm -hmm. and they serve three meal, meals a day to the film crew. Lobster, steak, surf and turf. That's yeah, the, that's the, like the whole film crew. Yeah. that. We usually don't get it. They yeah. give us uh, like a, you get scraps sometimes. Uh, sometimes, if we're there when they're filming, we get scraps. Yep. <laughs> um, sometimes we get to use the toilet. Too. You can have the lobster uh, legs. But um, running water today, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. So, um, but so they filmed up until Thanksgiving, and they were outside eating in the tent, which was awful, obviously. Yeah. Where we live, it got pretty yeah, cold exactly. in November. So somehow they kicked us out of our side and they rented a separate building about half a mile away and they put construction in us in this building. So I had to move our whole facility over there and they had catering in where our shop was. Yeah. They cleaned it up obviously. Yep. So us heathens weren't there. <laughs> so then it was, I was constantly running supplies back and forth from one building to the other. Yeah. Yep. which was very inconvenient. I was going to say that and must, you know, kills your production time for very, things it, done. Yeah, it literally yeah, yeah. doubled how much time. I forgot a screwdriver. Let me just right. drive you know, a mile back. There's always some little, yeah, like exactly. think if you're working on a car, yeah. you know, if you had to go to a different building down the road a for tool. a 10 millimeter every five Just working minutes. outside and then having to go back to the garage. Right. Like, yeah. Son of a bitch, it, it, it's a hundred feet, it's but really still, a time, yeah. It's a time killer. Yeah. It's a time killer. So, Do you have golf carts or like little, no, little no. buggies? 
They no. they have uh, trucks that we just loaded in these box trucks with Teamsters. Oh, yes. Those are the thugs that'll slit your throat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's how that kind of worked. Again, I don't know if this whole synopsis made any sense. No, that makes sense. But, uh, there's so many things, unless someone physically came and saw, it's kind of hard to explain. I don't post pictures on the internet of it because of copyright. Yeah, no, Every job. Sense. Every job is a new job. So in theory, on paper, like when I went to buy a house, it was hard to buy a house because it looks like I can't hold a job. Oh. Because every job you fill out 50 a new pages of start paperwork yeah. with all your information because every job is an independent. You're like being AM, onboarded. Because you're financed like, by different companies. Like you're, AMC, yeah. that Nosferatu, they called it Star, Stalwart LLC Inc. Now this... Kevin can F himself is stalwart ink slash part two. You know, oh, they, they have yeah. a slight variation for accounting purposes. Yeah. So every job project and every production company is technically a different job. Mm -hmm. So oh, that's, um, that's a pain in the ass. So you have to be re onboarded essentially. Yeah. You have every to, single you know, time. new passport, direct deposit, whatever yeah. you got yeah. going on. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. That's one of those um, logistical not, things you don't think about. It takes like an hour at the beginning of each job, but. Yeah, I guess. So but, every job is, uh, it's like a new job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like you said, though, with banking and things. It, so it made it very hard to get a house loan. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we make a respectable amount. Yeah. You know, it just, when now, you look at it on paper, like this guy can't hold a fucking job. Yeah, you have 47 jobs in the last yeah, three years. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like a mortgage person that you work yeah, with that's that familiar my, with yeah, what I, I've you do? Yeah, I found this person. Understands your actual like situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's, I stuck with the same guy. I've refinanced a couple times and stuff, and it just got to the point where this, this guy knows my situation. Uh, it's just easier just to work with him, you know, than than starting from scratch with somebody else. But again, what what Garrett does that came on here, it's kind of similar. Yep. And a few people that I work with had worked at that Mystic Studios at one point. Mystic Scenic, yeah. Um, but again, they're more in like permanent. Things, well, yeah, they have a facility, shows, they get an order. And we have and an actual, yeah. like there's contractual things with unions. Like we, our union has jurisdiction over all, all Broadway, all film and TV things. Mm -hmm. and I, does it change from like state to state? Because yeah, yeah, yeah there's say, different yeah. unions based upon where you live. Like mine covers the whole East coast. It's technically based out of New York city. Mm -hmm. So I can go work in New York anytime, but I can't go work in LA. Yeah, because once you cross but I can over work, there, I can kind of work anywhere but L.A. Basically, really, and the L.A. Could people you, can't. Could come you here. like? I can go to Georgia anytime I want. Yeah, we have Georgia's like a because Georgia. Big for, oh, so they have like a mini Hollywood. Georgia, yeah, right, yeah right. this is an, an important aspect I didn't cover with how that industry works. So, a place where they film is not because I love Boston. I love Atlanta. It's all based on tax incentive. It's cheaper. The money yeah. works. The world, our culture works on taxes, right? Mm -hmm. So Chicago in the 80s, Illinois had a huge tax incentive. So that's why all those cult classic movies like Pretty in Pink and Fierce Bueller's and all the movies of that genre yeah, it was all the John Hughes Chicago. Stuff where, yeah. Because Illinois had a huge tax incentive. So sure, Georgia, Illinois was every yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so Massachusetts has a good tax incentive. Georgia has the best tax incentive right now. So Georgia anytime has seventy to eighty 
TV show. Well, isn't that where they filmed The Walking Dead? Yeah, that was well, all... AMC's based in Georgia. Oh, okay. But just in general, most movies right now are produced in Georgia. Mm-hmm. LA is like just tacky sitcoms and stuff because a lot of the LA people just live on the road. They're, they're all yeah. in Georgia or Louisiana or North Carolina, or sometimes they come to Boston, but we get like Ron Burgundy territorial wars. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just a constant evolving, whatever state has the best tax credit, mm-hmm. which. Now what about Canada? I know sucks. like a lot of people shoot. That's Canada. a whole other thing Toronto. too that I don't know how to explain yeah, oh, that, yeah. but yeah, it, but it's all based on tax incentive because let's face it, when you're at the top of the food chain, you know, loopholes to get around things. Sure. And, Donald. But as you, you as having your experience in the industry, could you say, well, I, th- I got a job in Canada. Can I go work there? I guess I'm kind of like, uh, not furlough. To be honest, like, I don't know. No, I don't know. Um, it's never presented itself. Gotcha. I've had opportunities to go other places in America and we almost did it, but then a job came up in New York or mm-hmm. Philly or here. So just. Yeah. I remember you were, you were pretty close to almost having to, Go somewhere far, right? Yeah, I was going to go to Arizona for a project. Yep. Um, And when you go on the road, they give you housing and a stipend and this and that. But even though you make a lot more money, um, I... I, It's not ideal. There's nothing like being home, Yeah, sometimes the money doesn't mean anything, you know? It's a little extra money for sure, but, you know, there's nothing like being home, especially as you get... Yeah. You know, Older, yeah. That was, uh, that's like with my job now, I could... Right, you know, exactly. So you many people be, have offered, you know, like it's been offered like... Oh, you know, you could be trained to be a field technician, but it's like these guys, like, you know, they might live in Georgia and they're working in Michigan this month and then they go to Texas. You know, when I was, you know, 20, maybe I'd do that. I would never want to do that now. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of, as you get older, you realize there's a lot of people that are migrant workers and a lot of fields in the world, you just have to live on the road, right? A lot of people that work on roads and construction or oil rigs or I know some of the Unix guys, like they work, yeah. they work on these power plants, like 12 hours North of Montreal, right? Yep, like, exactly. Uh, well, with the power industry so many in general, power plants, like, right. So some, there's only so many it, and when the job's somebody done, somebody has to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Some, somebody has to go to these places and do it. And somebody who knows what so they're it's doing. A big sacrifice. Yeah. Not just some guy know? who was and like, I think this, I'll do this today. You know, people need to be compensated because you're giving up your life for six to eight months at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when the job's done, you know, you might live close to that power plant, but when the job at that one's done yeah. for that, six years, that applies to so many different things. Then you go somewhere else. Again, as you get older and become more, at least you think you're more knowledgeable, uh, right? There's so many aspects of the world that people aren't at home. You know, they just, certain things just call for you to be elsewhere. Yeah. So you become thankful for the opportunity when you yeah, can I mean, be close to home and live a semi-typical Yeah, going home life. at the end of the day is something that it's, a lot of people take for granted. I was going to say that. So take it for don't, granted kind of don't thing. Exactly. the opportunity yep. to go home at the end of the day after work every day. So no, it's, yeah, my twenties, I worked for a food company and once a week I would stay over and it wasn't even far. It was just North shore. It was just easier to yep. stay there. Yeah. And that was fine. I was single. I lived at home. See, you wouldn't no want to do that now. Well, no, I mean, they want me to go to the Island to go to Nantucket for like three days. I'm like, no, I can't do that. Like, could I, maybe it's a pain in the ass and it's like a lot of logistics involved with the kids and less now with the, you know, before Corona, it was practices and pickups and this, that, and the other thing. But like, still, I, I don't want to go there. Right. Like Just, when I work in New York, um, they pay us, it's the same union, but the pay is almost double. So if you looked at the dollar amount, you're like, holy cow, that's insane. Yeah, but the cost of living is double. But 
But for me to go there, I'm all on my own for lodging, transportation, food. Mm -hmm. And obviously you can be sort of frugal, but let's face it, human nature. Yeah. It's easy to, at night, you're You're just renting a room from like some random Asian woman. And what am I going to do other than play with myself on my phone all night. You can do right. that a bit, but you know, you're going to go the first couple of weeks. And, and then and after everything that, everything yeah. is just like cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah. And there's so many good places to eat, drink and do whatever that, lost in the lifestyle. That, that, that your profit margin quickly, rapidly yeah. goes away. So, and it sucks being gone. It does. Uh, I, as you get older, it's very enjoyable to be home. Yeah. I'll just, home well, this podcast has turned really yeah. lame. Let's, let's change it up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> no, it's true though. No, you know, right? uh, being away from home for an extended period of time sucks. Like I, I'm traveling for work next week and I had the option to like stay there to not make my day terrible. And it's like, no, I'm good. Like I want to go home. I'm going to do a 15 hour day cause I want to sleep in my bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to get home. It's it. You know, it's not that I, I couldn't, you know, thankfully, uh, you know, my girlfriend would be home with the dogs and everything and I could stay and have a nice short, easy day, mm-hmm. but it's like, I'm going to sleep in a hotel and not sleep and then wake up and just have to get back on a plane. I don't want to deal with all that. Right. I'll like I've worked with day. a few guys over time, not many, but ones that lived somewhere. Well, we're using LA as a vague term, live somewhere in Southern California Yep, and they work in this industry that I'm in and they're on the road 50 weeks a year. They have a $6,000 mortgage in LA and a wife that has some big black boyfriend and uh, they hate their life. They hate their kids. They hate themselves. Yep. And they're just paying all this money. Um, they must and be they're a joy to work with. I'm going to say yeah, like, no, and it's, it's awful. They're total yeah. assholes. They're miserable. And so it just, it's just a reminder of, you know, yeah, they make a lot of money. Yeah. There's but, guys at my work. But what does that, that mean? Why, why what do you that even, mean? Yeah, exactly. 50 weeks a year, they're not home. Yep. They're just in some shitty warehouse. Uh, well, I'm painting, I don't mean to paint a negative picture, but no, just I mean. be thankful if you can just go home every night. Mm-hmm. That's all. No, I'm thankful I have been able to recently. So there's people at my work, same thing. You know, they, they own a house in Maine or you know, there's a guy in Georgia and they work in Michigan or Indiana or Iowa or Texas and, it's like they're living in a hotel Monday to Friday for a year or two or three years. It's insane. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't understand how you can have a sustainable life that way, but whatever. Some people do that. I don't get it. <laughs> What's next, John? What's next? <laughs> uh, do questions. we have any questions? We have a lot of questions. Oh boy. Are uh, they all mustache related? No, only a couple. All right. Uh, no, I have never bleached my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done then. I guess that's the end of the podcast. Uh, I guess we'll get into questions. Do you guys have anything else? Any other specific questions about? Yeah, do you have anything? Toby's First, jobby uh, things. I don't, think so. no. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what are you working on car wise now? What's your, uh, what, what do you got going on? Oh, well, so I got a puppy in the fall. Another yes. basset hound. We love the basset hounds. So uh, that has taken all my attention, which is fine, Mm -hmm. intentional. So this, each winter I kind of do, make a little car goal. So uh, I decided not to work on the Mark 1. I just thought, all right, I'll just dabble around a very short list on the Red Mark 2. Yep. And I accomplished it fairly easily. Uh, I showed John what some of it was, just like a, a Votex 
aftermarket center console with moving some things around, fixing a couple little wiring things in the dash. Uh, each winter, because it's single stage red, you have to revive the red a little mm. bit because it turns pink. Um, but a very, very short list because the focus has mainly been the dog. Did so the you, car uh, list has been very short. Did yeah. you end up playing with that single din cup holder thing? I never even tried it. After yeah. you told me, I, I put it into the slot and it's like a hot dog in a hallway. Yeah, it sucks. It, it's, it's, yeah, I can almost put my finger in next to it in the din hole. So yeah. I just put it on the shelf and I'm not even going to try another it. Time. So another can, time. Danielle can, Danielle can live without her cup holder. She can put it between her fucking thighs. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the only way I got it to work, I had to modify a radio cage to house it. And then I used a singleton radio trim panel. It's very loose, it. wasn't it? Yeah. So I, I used. I put it in. It was so it, it, like it's. Oh yeah. No, I had to use a. Seriously. It says it's singleton, but it's like it's literally not. a full inch smaller than singleton. Yeah, it's tiny. So I just so. put it on the shelf, yeah. and it'll collect dust so. for the next five years. Yeah. I screwed into the sides of it through a radio cage. Oh, that's <laughs> a good idea. And uh, so I put the radio cage with that built into it, and then I used a, a Kenwood trim plate around it. Get perfection plastics to make yourself a little trim thing to go around. Yeah. Name drop all in there. Joe Booth. That's right. Fucking no. hippie. The, the old Kenwood radio thing worked fine, but the yeah. problem is the thing's just a piece of shit and it rattles. Well, you said it rattles like crazy. It stuff. does. It's very annoying. Da Danielle drives the car, so I'm just trying to keep her amused. Yeah, she <laughs> will not be amused by <laughs> no. this cup holder. I can assure you. What you got to get yourself? They used to call it the. Uh, I'll talk to her about that cup holder if she wants. Yeah, yeah. You, they call you it the wedgie. Oh, scene. she she rode in my car with that cup holder. She knows how terrible it is. Okay, okay. She didn't mention it, but no, because uh, I had that dashboard cup holder for in my Audi yep. in the A4, and you put a large iced coffee in there, and it's like, okay, at some point I'm going to wear this because it's just, yeah, exactly. So it was just, this little thing had two uh, two cup holders and a little thing you got jammed down between the seat and the e brake, and yep. it was cool, man. You stick it in there, and I never lost a coffee. It was perfect. I, I want to see that thing that uh, Chuck has that guy that makes like a uh, really expensive BMW cup holders. Okay. I think they're like $150 <laughs> or something. For a bucket to hold your Yeah, no, but it's like a billet fucking cup holder that attaches to like the Is the that one of those things where he takes like a 10 by 10 block of billet and machines the tiniest I think thing so. out of it? Yeah. yeah, like it's literally like a billet circle that bolts to the passenger seat frame on yep. the floor. But it looks really neat. Um I do need to find a better solution. I've been hearing a lot of people say you can use a polo cup holder. Um, I guess some polos have a single din cup holder piece that goes into their center console. Okay. Uh, the other thing I've seen people use is a Ford Taurus one. I guess they have a single din pop out cup holder. Mm -hmm. So I got to look into that more because the one I have sucks. I just got this. I just Googled single din cup holder on Amazon and bought this thing and <laughs> it works, but it's pretty janky. Yeah. Oh, man, we do have a lot of good questions. Not that many mustache questions. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, what are you into this week, Ryan? Uh, I'm into, you know, circling back to the garage. Now that the bathroom's done. Um, not that I did any work on the bathroom. It was more of a waiting game, but uh, I got the lifts bolted down. They're all built. I've got all the wiring for all my nonsense accessories and lights and switches and all the bullshit that goes along with all that ready to go. All the lights in that booth look nice in the picture. Yeah, thank me. you. I appreciate that. I just... Uh, I, I remember painting the buggy in my garage and I set up, I built these um, like temporary, I'd seen somebody do it 
So I kind of had the idea in my head. Yeah. And so it's basically just a little wooden X on the floor with a slot for a two by four. Yeah. And you stick the two by four in and, and you hang just a, a fluorescent light from it. Yeah. And you just plug it into extension cords and whatever. So you can so move I, it around. I built six of them. And so when I painted the buggy and I did all the work, I did it in my like house garage. Yeah. Because I told my wife that I'm sorry, but your car doesn't live here for the next month or so. Yeah. So we backed that out of there and, uh, I had like a little temp paint booth set up and it was awesome. So I was like, ah, oh man, if I ever do something permanent, I need like all the lights cause I could move it and I, they were tall and I had them low to the ground so I could yeah. see underneath for all the, well, that's the thing you lose the everything and, under the body line. Usually. Yeah, exactly. And because that car is just light. round, it was like the worst for yep. the first car I've ever really painted top to bottom. It yeah. was like the worst thing to start with, but I think yeah, I did. Very, okay. No, yeah. There's no, awesome. learning there's no great learning. Curve. It really was. So, um, so yeah, so when I built the booth, I was like, I don't care if I ever use them, I'm doing this now, um, so that I don't have to try to retrofit it later on. So that's what we did. So that's I got cool. all that wired in and all ready to go. I just get my electrician over there so he can do the wires for the lifts and the compressor and all that nonsense will be done. And that is a dream garage, my friend. Thank oh, you. It's Thank so you. cool. You haven't seen it. Been my so dream I for see many your years. pictures online. Yeah. In the uh, VW Hathaway 13. That's right. That's in right. the summer, uh, <laughs> you should you should come by there one day. We'll I get, will. I yeah, will. We've it's done, really cool. We do. Well, last year we did a couple of just, small. Just promise me that your brother won't be there. I can't promise that. He's almost always there. Damn it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he helped, he helped build that garage. So I can't, that's get, great. I can't that's keep great. him out of there. That's great. Um, but yeah, so it's really cool. I was really hoping to do like this summer before Corona hit, like I love to play cornhole. Yeah. And so I, I used, love cornhole. I used to, <laughs> I know you do. No, it's a great game. It is, it is a fun. great game. It's a fun game. I used to play horseshoes on Thursday nights. Have you ever bar. met their dad before? He's been at a lot of the shows. You might have seen yeah, him passing. He's a really, he's a very interesting guy. Been You'd enjoy talking to him. Highly cocked. I, we've I talked. Know. We've <laughs> talked about having him come in here. Yeah, with you Blake really enjoy like talking. A history to him. of us and how we like started. Smitty's dad, Joe shit. <laughs> I've never talked to him before. Oh no, Joe's dad. No, I mean, no, Smitty's dad. No, I haven't talked no. to him either. His name's Joe shit. That's, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Yeah, no, their dad's awesome. Now he was the parts guy at a local VW dealership for years. Yeah, Very he cool actually, guy. he worked for a nice Chris's, old curmudgeon. Yeah, he worked for Chris's dad before it was Maddie. Oh, okay. Yeah, Chris's and grandfather, yeah. Fuck, yeah, grandfather, huh? that's right. Yeah. Grandfather. He is an old fuck then. Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we've telling him that for years. I've only stopped because recently he's like kind of old and it's kind well, of- Well, he is old. Now it's <laughs> just mean, you know? <laughs> yeah, now he's, he's elder abuse. Really cool sand rail and square back. He's got some neat is stuff. Is the sand rail technically your father's? It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome. He drag raced that for years. Wow. And uh, it still runs. He had Blake. Blake took his son for a ride in it when we moved it into the garage. Took a little blast up and down the street. That's so. great. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, I'll have but, uh, to come over this summer. Yeah, yeah we, we'll uh, definitely we'll make that happen. Like I, was saying, I wanted yes. to do like a cornhole league in my backyard. Like I wanted to have people come over and hang out on Thursday night and play. But no, uh, seriously, I, I'm not mock cornholes. Oh, awesome. I like, like yeah, I cornholes too. great because almost anyone can play. I'm not mocking people that are professionals by any means, but you know it's. It's reasonable enough that someone could. Yeah, I'm bad play. at sports. Could play. Someone could play adequately and not be totally embarrassed. It's not like driving golf balls where people will just oh, yeah, fucking just, whiff the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah that's can, hard. Anyone can kind of toss it, even if it goes 10 feet away from the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you still at play. least you feel like you're participating. Yep. Right. No, I get it. Yep. Kyle taught me how to shoot a golf ball this year. It was really cool. Really? I'd never, ever even like really? called a You'd golf club. Really? you have never club. driven balls before. Like, never I, driven balls. Oh, I, other I used than, to love the, golf. Yeah, other than, than the driving uh, range all the time, yeah. yeah I I'd played it. mini golf, that's it. And Hurt I, your back, I, though. I always it, did want to try, and uh, Kyle, shout out to Kyle. He 
is like the best for that kind of stuff. It's like pushing oh, your I've boundaries. I've always wanted to try to play golf. And Kyle's like, I'm going to teach you how to play golf. We're going tonight. I have a membership at the golf club. Come with me. Like, He's yeah. great at boundary yeah. pushing. Yeah. He is. He is. Uh, Don't ask me. Kyle just bought, I'm not going to say what, because I'll leave it up to him, but Kyle just bought something really cool. Is I it, hope he talks about well, it. Well, give me a subject matter here. Talking motorcycles. Okay. Oh, that's okay. right. I did see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yep. very cool. I'm excited for him. That's right. Last night I was, I was a little tired yeah. last night, but I was shooting pictures back and forth. It's making me want to buy after 7 PM. You were tired. Motorcycle yeah. too. It happens. But yeah, no, uh, shout out to Kyle. He is amazing. And he, uh, kept me very busy over the summer with swimming and learning how to play golf. It was very fun. Yeah. You and Booth wouldn't get out of the pool. Yeah. I don't want to get out of that pool. It's a great <laughs> was pool. Was he plastic welding in the pool? <laughs> yeah. Blake was, I mean, not Blake. Not Blake. Uh, yeah. Joe Booth is plastic welding in the pool, but, uh, yeah. In person. Let's move on yeah. to questions. We got, we got a handful. So I want to make sure we cover them all here. Yep. Uh, first question from KR Belch from the circle. Oh, look at that. Uh, the mountains walking. That's a mountains walking, uh, marshmallow double IPA, I believe Toby. Yeah, uh, uh, side point here for those that can't see. We've been sampling uh, beers. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to episode more of, 14. These two the beer are more episode. beer geeks than me. Uh, they have a, their handles on beergeeks.com. I don't have that, but I like to try different things. Uh, this Opaque Thoughts Double Milkshake IPA with marshmallow, coconut, double vanilla, and lactose from Mountains Walking Brewery. 16 cool. ounces, 8% alcohol, diarrhea. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, Mountains Walk. No, it's really good stuff. I, I love the vanilla. The yeah, the vanilla Vanilla great. and the lactose. Mm. Uh, I love lactating. Yeah, episode 14. Shout out to the beer episode <laughs> with Matt Souza of Craft Mass. Check that out. Uh, Craft Brewers Souza, Guild. is he from Fall River? No, he's uh, originally, I don't even know what town he's from originally, originally. He lives in Taunton now, though. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, nope. Our, our buddy Matt Souza works for Craft Brewers Guild and- Fantastic. Taught us all about craft beer distribution. It was very cool. Uh, K.R. Belch from the Circle Jerks. Cool. Yes, we talk about your sauce. Moving on. He makes hot sauce. He makes hot sauce. Cool. Steph assists him. Steph assists (laughs) with the hot sauce. Uh, Favorite mustache wax brand? (laughs) Ooh, secondary right now. I'm on the secondary. Okay. A little two ounce tin. Uh, Does it have a good mouth feel? No, it doesn't go in the mouth. Um, News but to me. they have a little gimmick. Using it wrong. It's kind of tacky. They send you these guitar picks that say secondary, mm-hmm. and you use the guitar pick to scoop out. Oh. You melt it in your hand, like if you were rolling a booger, mm-hmm. and then you go one each side. Yeah, and it works great, and that's See? it. That was this morning at 6 a.m., huh? But still holding strong. Not bad. That's yeah. with wearing a mask half the day? Yeah. Yeah, so you can mask over it, too. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've had to trim way down because I was going to say, it looked a little yeah. less, It's very you know, short because the mask, because obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Yep. No, it makes sense. Um, next question from our friend Tedes. 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 Tedes from Florida. I've never met the kid. I just always know the Neither name. Neither have I, but he's amazing. He's a great guy. Uh, how does Toby feel about wagons? Toby owns a wagon. I own wagon. a Mark IV. First of all, I'm not a Mark IV person, but I own a Mark IV TDI wagon. I love wagons. I because the rest of the cars in my household can't really hold much. The wagon is very utilitarian. It comes in very handy every spring with the mulch. Yes, especially that's the main thing I use it for, or anything large when we get. 
vintage furniture that the wife's <laughs> always finding. Yep. Uh, I really find the wagon handy. Some MCM furniture. And I really <laughs> like the, uh, I just like a wagon. I mm-hmm. like having it. I know the stereotype is the old man or old lesbian, but I feel um, like that stereotype it's went out going the away. Yeah, it probably ago, went away 15 years ago. Yeah. But let's say when in the 90s, the stereotype. Oh, yeah. Well, because in the 90s, what do we have to choose from? We, we had the country squire. Exactly. We had the, you know, there wasn't anything exactly. sexy. Yeah, it was all rubbish so wagons. I, I love wagons as a daily driver. I would, even though my daily drivers altered a bit, nothing crazy, very practical things. Um, I'm not sure if I'm on board with like a wagon as a show car or a heavily modified car, but I like it as a purpose car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even How my, about you guys. Yeah. Even the wagon oh, I had a big fan with a, you know, I just had air ride wheels and exhaust purpose. on it. Very it purpose. Yeah. Very simple. It was still fun and looked cool, but it was very useful. I mean, it's so useful I, to have I a wagon. I filled the whole yeah. back of it with rocks to do my driveway. Yeah. Sometimes the, the very back, you know, phenomenal. you could roll five people deep and you could have, your dog in the very yeah, yeah. back and the dog has its whole own area still. Oh. Like we used to have our yeah. old basset hound in the very back of the wagon. I put multiple dogs. He in the didn't back love of it, wagon. but right. It's, it's very utilitarian, very useful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I hadn't, I had for an practicality wagon, sake. Yeah. sake. And the first year we went to Wolfscar with Blake's bug. Yep. I mean, I had a transmission in the back cause just in case. And nice I and had, simple. I had his, tra- I had every part that we could replace on the road. Right. This morning I went to the grocery store. I loaded the back of the wagon up with seltzer and dog food and <laughs> cat shitter pellets. Yep. yep. It's fucking great. Yep. It is Absolutely. nice for that. It's so really nice. We like the wagons, TDs. Love the wagons, TDs. He just got a really cool uh, <laughs> golf golf wagon. Oh, I did see that. that. Yeah, I did yeah. see yep. that. That's yep. cool. Uh, next question is from, uh, I want to make sure I pronounce this right. Wasabi peas. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Is this fucker. It's from our friend Danielle. <laughs> Danielle says... Tobias, in your opinion, is your wife always right? Um, <laughs> Remember this lives forever. 90% <laughs> of the time she's right. Um, she doesn't like to admit when she's wrong, but usually she's right. She is the opposite of me. I, I shoot from the hip and she. More calculated. She's much more calculated than me. <laughs> she has for every 10 words I say, she has one. Yep. It's usually no. So <laughs> I, my stream of thought just comes directly from the brain to the mouth where That's she actually has something I think called out loud. pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And little inner she, monologue, little, she, little yeah, diagnosis, she, little she something. She calculates yeah. her wording. So I am infamous for putting that old term. I put my foot in my mouth a lot mm-hmm. in all aspects of life. Whereas her thoughts, like you said, are much more calculated. So it yep. helps balance it out. I'm very thankful for her, even though it pisses me off a lot. Um, that she's right. Most a of lot the time. of the time yeah. she is, <laughs> I hate to admit the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which no, is healthy. Need Everyone needs someone to. Oh, you need a yin like to your yang. I, absolutely. There's a, yeah. a guy I'm around all the time and there's nothing wrong with being living alone or not having a partner, whatever they are. I'm not mocking that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But people need at least a friend or associate or acquaintance to bounce ideas and thoughts off of. Because when you don't have a voice of reason, it's easy to go down a bad path without someone saying, what the fuck, Ryan? Snap out of it. That's an awful idea. Yep. Because of X, Y, Z. Whereas when you're alone, it's easy to just go down this road and there's no one to 
help. No checks and balances. Mm -hmm. No checks and balances. You need it. It's fantastic to, and it doesn't have to be someone that you have sex with. It could be a friend. Like it could be a friend that you have sex with. Well, right. If Ryan and I have sex, you know, it could be Ryan telling me. We'll see how the night goes. Tobias. That's a really stupid fucking idea. And now again, turn over. Give you, me my turn. Exactly. You don't realize it though until yeah. you someone don't see says that every day. It, right. <laughs> so it's always. Fan- I highly suggest everyone has a voice of reason to correct you when you go down the wrong path. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Regardless of what form they are. My wife, the same thing. You know, I've I've had ideas, and she's like, "Yeah, no, nope." Nope. That's and just it's, a it's bad, bad idea. idea. At the time, yeah. at the time, it's a real boner jam. Yeah, it's a real boner you can, kill. You can but really convince yourself you, realize, to do something. you know what? You're right. That was a stupid <laughs> that was idea. A that was stupid either idea. Be a waste yeah. of money, time, yeah. effort. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I would regret that the next 13 years, whatever it may yeah, be. Right. Exactly. So it's fantastic to have. Now it does work the other way. Sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes you have to fight. You have to fight. Sometimes for it. Yeah. you have to tell them that they're wrong, put those women in their place. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that whooped. there and uh, get my ass whooped. <laughs> Next question, please. Okay, another one from Tudies. Tudies. Would Toby ever use his car for a prop and a scene for work? That's uh, a good question. Well, I guess the question really you can interpret that in different ways. If your boss said, like, hey, I need a car from this era for a scene from work. Would you be willing to do it? Yeah, but your car yes, really wouldn't would. fit the era, though, I because would, it's more of a modern exactly, take on a exactly. classic That's a car. Yeah. yeah. So there's, I'll try to summarize. There's a whole different department that only exists on certain jobs. Just for called, vehicles. Just called picture cars. Yeah. And our mutual friend, Crazy Ben. Yeah, yeah. He has gotten involved with it the past few years. So uh, they are in charge of, okay, we want XYZ car for set such scene and they're responsible to acquire said vehicles. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like my department will put different graphics, a lot of like police cars or, yep. and you know, we'll just yeah, put yeah. different graphics with different names on them and mm-hmm. alter that. But uh, that person's responsible for acquiring the very specific genre type cars. So the cars that I have don't really fit the bill most of the time. Yeah. Cause yeah. if they're going for a period piece, your car wouldn't have looked like that back yeah, then. Yeah, exactly. Even if you were ahead exactly. of your time, so, it wouldn't have looked so, like that. It's just not to make the question long winded, but it, it, it almost would never apply. It would be if, if it applied, a, the if, answer is yes, if but it, it probably if it applied. Apply. The answer would be yes, but it would have to be such a unique circumstance because mm. it's such a very, very specific, specific genre or, or yeah. that uh, yeah. the chances of it happening are like three tenths of a percent. Yeah. All right. right? Next question. Uh, no poke, no love. This is our friend up in Canada. Oh, I, I don't know that name. Yep. 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 Good guy. Uh, any plans on changing the power plant in the Mark one? That has loosely been in the works for yeah, eight for, years. Yeah, for almost a decade. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I had bought a, a pump, pump deuce, deuce TDI swap for it, which is the same as in my Mark four wagon. I was all on board with that for a while. And then uh, I just realized it would cost an astronomical amount to do it how I want. And I really didn't know if I wanted the TDI with the, the vibration was the real turnoff and a, a Mark one vibrates as it is. So a diesel, yeah, the extra kind of vibration, tinny, tinny car I don't like, with. I've tried to eliminate every noise in the car. So the summary, yes, but I can't decide what I have no idea what yeah. I, I don't want to do a VR because every VR in a Mark one, you need air ride because it hangs like a giant 86 so year old man scrotum. Left. Yeah. 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 Um, 
and just the handling of it. Yes. I know people say it handles fine, but it does handle different. It's like a boat anchor on the front of the car. Yeah. So, uh, the one that's been in my mind forever has been like a 2020 swap. That's a, uh, an ABA bottom end with a 20 valve head naturally aspirated. But again, that with aftermarket engine standalone management Yeah, and it would to do it how I want, I'm only going to do it if I execute it to the fullest would mm-hmm. be astronomical. So yeah. that's what led me to buy the red Mark II. That was the money that I would have spent on the engine swap. Yep. Yep. Which that's probably a better decision because now you have more. That's how I conclude with that. Car. Now you have two right. cars to play with. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, and which it's a I car actually like the, the red car is much drive. more it's user very enjoyable friendly. to drive. Yeah, the red car is yeah. much more like Danielle drives it. She, she semi enjoys it. It's very usable. It's mm-hmm. user. It's easy to drive. It's like OEM plus it's not too modified. I can drive it anywhere, leave it anywhere. And I don't, I'm very comfortable with it. Yeah. Cause I can imagine with your green car, it's I'm just not like super uptight, like some people, but certainly more uptight than I would be with other cars. Yeah. Yep. And I've over modified it in a sense. It doesn't look like it, but it's over modified. So some of the enjoyment is gone for sure. Yeah. Uh, pork and beans. Another, uh, Shane, in great guy. Yep, yeah. he's a very nice guy. Uh, if you had to do something different on the Jetta, what would it be? If you had to. The power plant, like okay. I said, yeah. We'll go well, back to we, that. We covered that. Because it's been, it's been th- since 2006, which, holy shit, that's 15 years ago. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. feel like five years ago. It but does. That's yeah. f- 15 years As I've had older, the same those, power plant. Those decades so. blend. Uh, Big shouts to Shane. Just, he just got a Mark 1 Yes, data. yes. I've been talking From to Mexico. him about. Very nice guy, right? Yeah, he's a cool guy. I don't know guy. if you've ever really spoken yeah, to him. Yeah, I talked to him uh, at length recently about that because I was going to help him with some of his importing stuff as far as receiving mail and things Geom? to the U S form. <laughs> yeah. For geo. Yeah. No, uh, I was going to, he was going to ship some stuff to my house that I was going to then ship up to Canada for him. Some paper. Very nice guy. Though. Yeah. Very he's nice. a cool guy. Very cool guy. Uh, next question uh, from Garrett Lee, three, nine, three Garrett from mystic scenic Garrett, studios. Garrett, who I've uh, never met in person, by the way. Very cool guy. Yes, You'll meet nice him guy. this year for sure. Yep. Which is shocking that we've never, again, even though we're in the same, loosely kind of world. It's yeah. two kind of opposite. Very different. Yeah. As I explained, we're in different, we would never interact. Right. Cause you wouldn't do anything for a movie and you right, wouldn't be doing, we wouldn't be like doing a, the same exactly. thing. Yeah. So Garrett says, uh, I hope I'm not the only one to watch TV and movies to find the scenic bluffs slash fixes. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you catch yourself doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I usually don't really watch the things I work on one because I spent so much time on it and I know everything about the mystery's it. mystery's gone. So the intrigue is sure. not there. Occasionally when they're filming, I'll kind of walk by and they have monitors everywhere, like everything in the world and you see the filming, but you know the whole storyline. So the, yeah, the intrigue is gone and you would find yourself just- um, A little bored with it. Critiquing self-critique, right? Self-criticism, yep. And nobody which is wants fine. to go down that road like If, if really anyone knows deep, me, you know? I love, I love self-criticism. Um, but just, it's not enjoyable to watch, especially with the wife. Like, yeah, yeah, I fucking get it. (laughs) (laughs) Which I, I, again, I totally comprehend. That's not a thing. Uh, next question. Same thing from Garrett. Uh, does the saying, which Garrett, Garrett, oh, that same Garrett. Yep. (laughs) Does the saying good enough for scenery irritate you? Uh, no, but 
it's hard not to go off on tangents. <laughs> Part of what I don't like about my job is everything is temporary and being anal retentive. Um, sometimes I've had trouble with, we cut corners because as John knows, I, I like to overdo things. So yeah. uh, when you know something is disposable, sometimes it's hard to have as much pride in it for sure. You have to get past. So you have your to get over your own your own yeah. ego. Yeah, you have to get over your own ego that this is only temporary. It only has to last two days. Yep. Because out in the weather, the weather's going to destroy it. Yeah, but you, you have, have to, to get over it. You have to get over that. There's a certain pride level with being obsessed with having it perfect, and it does teach you to get the fuck over it. Yep. Yeah, you have to look at what the greater good is. The greater good is so getting yeah, that, accomplished that, for cheaper. That statement loosely bothers me, but. Um, it's more internal. Yeah. I guess in his case, like you said, where what his, they're building is more permanent. are much more like, again, we'll use the ESPN studios. You got to look at that for, they probably do it every five years. Yeah, like, you got to look at permanent. it 24 hours a day for five years. So my thing might only be 10 seconds that you're looking at. So com even though it's theoretically the same, it's very different. So his is much more important to be anal. Makes sense. Um, where do we want to go from here? Uh, Jojo Mark two. Does Toby's mustache grow with his VW wisdom or does it grow with how much of a gentleman he is? <laughs> Ooh. Good question. Well, I wouldn't call myself a gentleman. If people follow my internet, I'm not shy about ripping people with my <laughs> personal opinions. So, um, I'm not a gentleman and, uh, it does grow fast. It certainly grows much faster than the hair on the head. It's starting to recede pretty well there. I, by the way, anyone who doesn't know John Stairs, we're all jealous of his hairline. He has a beautiful <laughs> hairline. I hope it stays uh, that way. We don't know. Well, I think by this point in your life, it'll stay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Us super waspy people, mega waspy people. <laughs> um, our hairlines aren't, I mean. Yeah, I was 18 I and Ryan, I went, Ryan's, oh crap. Ryan, mine's. <laughs> Much better. You're holding on. You're holding point, on. But I'm yeah. certainly getting the uh, gooseneck V yeah. going there, and yeah. it's thinning at the front. So, um, John has a beautiful hairline. You, you, you could, if you took a zoom in on his hair when it was done up, he could be 20 years old. It's very impressive. Thank you. I'm uh, serious, right, Ryan? I, I Speak agree for the listeners. Absolutely. He's got a beautiful hairline. Yep. Every week I stare across and go, uh, oh, I mean, right someday. now it's all disheveled, but I he has yoga it pumped up. I don't want to have hair gel. Beautiful in my head eyes of hair. Well, I'm beautiful head of hair. Hot yoga yeah. classes. Uh, I will do, I'm going to dance around these. All right, we'll go to Del Boner. Uh, Del Boner, never met him, but I great know you guy. like the guy. He's a great guy. Uh, how really much great name, by the way? He has a really slow Subaru. Great name, yeah. Fucking My Subaru. God. The Giggle Machine. Giggle Del Machine. Boner. What's uh, his real name, actually? Anthony. But what's his- Anthony Delbonis. That's, act oh, Delbonis is the yeah. last name. Okay. Yeah. He's from Warwick originally. Warwick. 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 Yeah, big shouts to Anthony and Sarah. Uh, had a fabulous dinner with S -O. them last night. We got uh, some ramen from the Wife second- swap. From the second wind. Wife swap. <laughs> oh, from the second wind? Yeah, we went to the second wind pop-up at 39 Court. Where oh, nice. They have the ramen thing going on. It's very good. Well, I saw you post about second wind. Tell us about second wind. Let's get side. Where is second wind? Plymouth. 
Plymouth. Plymouth. Yep. Plymouth. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a very good brewery in Plymouth. It's like somebody's garage and they just have a giant tank and they just make. Yeah. They, well, they built Fantastic. a garage. They bought this parking yeah. lot, built a garage and they went, they went ham and they built, they do some uh, amazing IPAs. Is it and men styles. or women that brew the beer? Both. Both. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful bodies. Huh? Yep. <laughs> it's a beautiful body on that. Vivacious one. bodies. Uh, so yeah, Del Boner says, how much for a mustache ride? Asking for a friend. At this point in my life, free. We'll yeah. take what we can get. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Hear that, Ten Anthony? years ago, it was yeah. a hot commodity. Yeah. Now, yeah. old yeah. news. Yep. No. It depends on if he did the mustache that morning, yeah. you know? Uh, well, Nobody well, sees it anymore with the mask. It's yeah, kind of great. it's terrible. You know, by the side point, I, I have fully embraced the mask for many reasons. One, making it's faces easy at to people. avoid people. You don't have to you pretend to smile. faces at people. Yeah. You don't have to make fake pleasantries with some person that you loosely know in the grocery store. It's great. Just like, Whoa, back off motherfucker. <laughs> I I've, I'm trying to look at the positives of it. We'll take some of these into the future. Hopefully yeah, you know, right? just back off motherfucker. Yeah. I think I might yeah. just continue to wear the mask in public. Yeah. It's People just come a up signal and you just to put the mask up slowly. The mask is just a signal to leave me the fuck exactly. alone. Exactly. I saw a funny video of like uh, when masks are no longer a thing and it was a guy like, picking his teeth in public and like <laughs> making weird faces while he was reading something. It was really funny. I have seen a few uh, adult video scenes where it was just like people in high heels and a mask, <laughs> oh like just awesome. fully going at it, but they had their mask on. So right. they were so safe. safe. Exactly. They were very safe. Right. Yes. It was kind of, it was kind of erotic. You know, the other the fluids mask. don't count. It's just right. the mouth. And I admit, yeah. you know, sometimes you see someone with a mask. It is kind of intriguing. Oh, what's under that mask? Cause there's some right? beautiful eyes. Out there. Let's be honest, then, John. Come on. Right. That, no, you I never can see know. that. You guys uh, must run into randomly a, a person who you find attractive based solely on the bridge of nose up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. The uh, intrigue of yeah. the, the unknown. There is a mystery. It's under there. Yeah. Uh, we got one question left from uh, our friend Tommy Tootin. Tommy Tootin. Tommy Tootin. Yep. You know who that is, right? Tommy uh, with the Porsche. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. The guy next to me out there. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I keyed his car today. Oh, nice. <laughs> He's building oh, a uh, chain wallet rub against the paint. Yeah, so. my yeah. chain wallet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's building a really cool Lancia Delta right no now. Kidding. Yeah, it's very cool. Have you guys uh, seen the photos of uh, like it's the, insane the, the bolts. oil pan, those extra little yeah, uh, all, all those like zinc oblong bolts. washers? Oh, uh, it's so weird. They're not a washer. They're a. It's like a weird gasket thing. Very cool. Some very cool yeah. uh, early '90s engineer, like early '90s over the top futuristic. Is that like the uh, CV joint washers that spread the? So like I'll wide, show you a picture. Yeah, we'll, show, we'll look at after. I, I admit um, I'm too stupid to explain. <laughs> uh, who's Toby's favorite actor or actress that you've met on set and why? Oh, my favorite actor is uh, Daniel Day-Lewis mm-hmm. for many reasons. Um, Not only because you resemble him just a little right, bit. But also side story with Daniel Day-Lewis. I've never met him. I mm-hmm. wish I had. He's like one of my dreams to meet. Sure. But he... Uh, the crucible, he filmed that in Massachusetts in the early nineties and he joined the local union and every role that he takes, this is very cool. I highly respect it. For instance, in the crucible, he was making, he was working as like a construction guy. He was making furniture. If anyone's familiar with that movie, okay. um, he was making furniture. He totally immersed himself in cutting down. Yeah, trees. he's a very method like actor he, guy. Yeah, very yeah, yeah. method actor. So every role that he takes, he completely immerses himself in that role, and he gets heavily involved. 
And even when it's cut, he's still that character. Like he, that's why his roles do so well. Sure. And they're so convincing because he it's 100%. He just envelops himself in every role. So that is my dream. But the favorite person I've worked with, mm, uh, it, it was Jeff Bridges on RIPD yeah. because in that movie he had a big mustache and uh, I will never live this down, but I regret it to this day of we would make eye contact, not sexual, at least I didn't take <laughs> but it. But it could way. have been, right? Could have been because we both had a big mustache and uh, I, I always wanted to go ask to take a selfie with him. But again, it just... It was taboo. Crossing lines, yeah, yeah, It was yeah. taboo, but I highly regret that 10 years later that I didn't go take a selfie with him because that was the one instance that I think it would have been totally embraced mm -hmm. and like, yeah, let's fucking take a selfie. Because he, he seems like in real because life, in that role, he dude. was in that role, again, that movie sucked, but he had a big, he was like a space cowboy guy with a big mustache yeah, yeah. and- uh as tacky yeah, as this story sounds and awful now that I'm saying it. Um, yeah, it, that's my biggest regret in that genre. So, yeah, fair enough. Everything work out. All right, John. Yes. Uh, just for the record, John and I have both taken a restroom break and Ryan, I did take one too. We have all peed once. Just so you know, I have a child sized bladder. Usually by now I would have gone two or yeah, three you're, times. You are holding it together. You're holding I'm it impressed. in. You're yeah. like yeah. an, like an eight month old puppy. Yep. I've been <laughs> very well behaved. Bladder control. I've He's shaking only... and his eyes are rolling John, in the back also, of his head. But John, still please tell us this story. The craft shirt. John has a craft shirt on. It's a double uh, meaning here. What do they call that? A craft double entendre. Double entendre. Yeah. It has the craft cheese logo and word. Yeah. And then so above has the four luscious ladies from the craft. So big shout to uh, Meth Syndicate. Uh, Meth Syndicate is a very funny t-shirt brand. They, well, they do a bunch of hats and other things too. Uh, but he does a lot of uh, cringy uh, t-shirts and there, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, do you see the back? You know, their chant in the movie? If you, yeah. If you uh, stand up and model it. Yeah. Light, light as a feather, stiff as uh, a board. Bear with us a moment while yeah, John yeah, models yeah. the shirt. Oh, I did see it. I light did as see a cheddar, okay, Swiss yes, as yes. a board, yeah. Yes, Amazing. my favorite yeah. symbol at the bottom. Light, light as a cheddar, Swiss as a Name board. Name that symbol for the listeners, John. It's a let, pentagram. pentagram. <laughs> but yeah, so Demu. actually yesterday <laughs> I wore my other favorite Meth Syndicate shirt. It's um the Nirvana font and it says Outback at the top and then In Bloom at the bottom, like the Nirvana song In Bloom. And it's a picture of a blooming onion. It's really good. Name the third member of Nirvana. Chris Novoselic. He's right. Damn it. That was quick. <laughs> yep. Uh, name, name the fourth member of Nirvana. <laughs> I don't know the fourth member. Yeah. No, but yeah. So no, shout out to Mass Syndicate. <laughs> they make some cool stuff. They have a podcast too called Stay in School Podcast. It's really good. Yeah. Listen to that too. Uh, I think that about covers what so we want to go about over. Genitals. Uh, let's go back to the Manscaped. <laughs> By the way, I just want to give Ryan props. His Manscaped reading today was fucking stellar. Oh, thank you. I don't so know good. how much time you spend coming up with these limericks. That was but, such uh, a good I one. think about them really for a good. long time. Yeah, and then be it, honest for the viewers, it, listeners. Well, so like, whatever. Give this, a little behind the scenes of how you do these. So it all started as a joke. Like we were going to just do like these little funny spots. And so like. The generic one, right? Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. you know, I like to. I thought it'd be funny to do like a little chunk first. Cause Chuck does some like really funny ones. 
And I was like, well, trucks yeah, are good. Trucks are good. And I was yours like, yours are oh. better. Yours are the best. Uh, it's fucking Manscaped should be paying you a lot I of money. I appreciate that. I appreciate Seriously, that. Seriously, that it's really impressive. I try to R- keep right, John. The, very impressive. He does such a good job. The uh. themes and the seasons, like it's fun for me. Like I, I have a lot of, I don't want to say downtime at work, but like while I'm working, I have to. Clearly, stay. you're not really working. Well, I am working, but <laughs> technically. <laughs> Um, I have a, a lot of, sometimes I have a, like a chunk of time where I just have to stand and wait for someone to do their thing while I'm kind of helping them. So like, I'll come up with these like uh, little ideas and I'll make little notes and then it'll just kind of hit me in a wave and I'll just like write it out, write it out, write it out. Like the other day he said, Oh, what are we doing? I was like, I don't know. I asked, I was like, is Toby Irish? Like I was trying to tie you into this. Like I had no idea. I don't know if Aldrich look at was my old. nose. Do I look Irish? I don't know. <laughs> look at the size of this schnoz. <laughs> I'm French fucking Canadian. All right. <laughs> I don't make a huge nose, tiny cock. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was like, well, it's St. Patrick's Day, so we'll just throw in some get lucky references. Then I just started thinking of little things, and I just try to think of everything stereotypical for Irish for St. Patrick's Day. And I I work with an Irish guy, and we always do the awful potato joke. So well played, well played. I I potatoes and his favorite word is I can't even say. Of all the things, can you say that word on this podcast? Whatever you want. Yeah, he says cunt. He calls it, come here, little cunt. He says it to his kids all the time. Well, because like- but It just has a very different meaning. Over there, it's yeah. not as yeah. taboo as it is over exactly. here. Exactly. It's amazing. The so I left that one out, but I even felt bad about putting potato in. I was like, ooh, is that too far? Like all the rest of them were kind of fun, but I was like, ooh, oh. I'm not going to do a potato thing, but I figured it was funny, it's so whatever, form. throw it in there. Yeah, I liked it. So no offense to anybody, but that was my take this week. Yeah, no, I think that was a very Trust good- Trust me, John and I are serious libtards here, so <laughs> <Yep>. uh, <laughs> people know when we're joking, right? Mega libtard. I make I make horrific My jokes, whole, but think generally. about everything I just talked about. Clearly, I'm a serious libtard. Okay? <laughs> no, it's true. Uh-huh. It's true. I couldn't uh, not be in what I do every day. It would be very hypocritical. So. No, it makes sense. Uh, I think that covers. Toby's it. What about the thing that again? you do with uh, what are you doing this week or whatever? Oh, I what did that when you were pissing. You were peeing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. What no, are you into this week? Yeah. This, as far as this week, goes, uh, I don't know. the seats, I, I told you guys, uh, the wagon, the, the seats, I've been fucking with the seats in the wagon. It had tan leather and John had to school me in the Mark four. There's so Volkswagen. many seats. Yep. I, I honestly had no idea there were so many seat variables in a Mark four Volkswagen. Well, you were, you were telling me sort of the aftermath of that before. Yeah, yeah. But just even within the front with the different bolster sizes and fabrics, I honestly thought it was like, you have the leather, the cloth, or the the GLI seats or the R32 seats. I, I I guess I thought there was four seat options, and apparently there's at least 10. Oh, there's, there's probably 12. 8 to 10, yeah, at yeah, least. So I had no idea, even though I've had a car like that for six years. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yes, John helped guide me in the purchase of some other seats that I put in. And uh, when you change seats in a old daily driver... Uh, it just changes your whole experience. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The seats I had, the leather was pretty beat and uh, the heat still worked fine, but they were beat and the bolsters were fairly flat. These are deeper bolster, whatever John will say the right term. Yeah, they have a higher bolster on the sides. And then there's the GTI ones and then there's the anniversary ones. But it really, it really has changed the whole experience because I probably spend um five hours a day in the car between commuting and my lunches and breaks. Yeah, sure. So, um, the past week that I've had the front seats in what, uh, it feels like a different car. (laughs) It's a lot better, right? It feels like a different car with different seats in it. So, um, shout to John for the, uh, guidance and schooling (laughs) to a seat noob of Mark fours. 
I've been, uh, I just joined a 20th group on Facebook and I'm trying, so many people are like, oh my God, I love the interior in your car. And I'm like, cool, give me your mint stock seats and you can have them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Are you at the point with that, that you would? Yeah, no, I want stock seats again. And the stock are black leather? No, they're, uh, no, they they're like striped. So yeah, I don't even striped know. Striped Recaro. Yeah. So they if look, I saw them, I would know what they yeah, are. Yeah, it's right? the same, same as G, uh, late, later GLIs. The GLIs that had the body kit, the yep. high bolster cloth Recaros with the lateral stripes. Did so the 337 have those too? 337s had yeah. them, but they have red stripes. Gotcha. Um, red stitching stripes, whereas 20ths have gray stitching stripes. Okay. The GTI logo is in red, but the stripes are gray. On a 337, the stripes are red too. I gotcha. See, it's amazing how yeah. when we're, the three of us are into Volkswagens, if people didn't realize no. that. And when you look at the different, <laughs> the different marks or time periods, uh, you know, I know a lot about certain ones. John knows a lot about certain ones. Ryan knows a lot about certain ones. And then when we cross breed, uh, the things that we show or tell each other, it's just amazing the variations that you can still learn, even though you might think you're some exactly. fucking aficionado. Oh yeah. Uh, so the things much. that you learn from just a car that's 10 years different, older or newer mm -hmm that you didn't know prior. Yep. It's just fast. You can never know enough. No one knows everything. As, yeah. Like even again, now, as each like, year goes by in life, you learn. That's it. And I think the, you don't know anything. Like, don't ever be like that guy who has so much ego. You can't take advice or something from yeah. somebody else. Just like let, let that get, person tell the you their you story. Get, the, the more you realize, the less that you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It is weird. Like I almost know nothing about Mark fives and yep. it came out two years later than that's it. Like the cars I, I'm the most familiar. I with. mean, I was Mark one, Mark two into a little Mark three. It was kind of like whatever. And then I kind of got out of it for a while. So then I went back to air cooled. So like I'm, and I was whatever, I was always air cooled, but like the, the water cool stuff was what I drove as a yep. teenager and into my twenties. And so like from like Mark four ish, you know, a little bit. And then after that, I had nothing, nothing. Right. It's just funny how, and that could apply with anything in life, how you, again, like Corey was here early, uh, or tooling around with each other and, you know, just everyone fixates on certain things and you start to obsess over a certain thing and you get those horse blinders on mm -hmm. and uh, you go down the rabbit hole and it could be anything in life. I don't really have a point there, but uh, yeah, no, I think that was the point. Anything it is, there's so many variables that any subject matter, you can never learn enough. Like tell me about, okay, side note, Jumping the gun here. Something yep. that I see in the studio, the rotiform beer. I saw Jason Whipple posting it. Tell us a little bit more about that. I saw him post it, but I don't know fuck all about it. So it tell was us delicious. About I it know was that. so good. So long story short, <laughs> who makes uh, it? The Evans, whole spiel. Evans Brewing, um, which out is where Southern California, out yeah. near them, uh, made it. I think it was a short run, like they made like that one pallet of it that Jason had. And uh, I think they just divvied it up between some of their vendors and friends. A promotional thing. Yeah, yeah. We we ended up with a four pack of it here. Uh, so Ryan and I had one. Uh, it was quite good. Be honest. Give a description. It had a. It was a West Coast blunt. hazy IPA. It was like a it West was, Coast yeah. style IPA as yeah. far as the flavor profile. Like it had a, a stronger, hoppier flavor. It wasn't the citra hop so much. Um, but it was hazy. It was Definitely. very opaque. Yep. It had a good, soft, pillowy mouthfeel. Yeah. It didn't it's have that. So like I love me. pillows in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I like a soft, Those pillowy uh, mouthfeel. And it and had that. It really hit home for me. I was a huge fan. I want more. Unfortunately, I don't think there is more. 
But uh, I like it. You always want what you can't have. Exactly. Yep. yep. It was good though. And now I, I was really impressed with it. I wasn't, my expectations were low because I generally don't like West Coast style beers. Yeah, I don't either. I'm an East Coast boy and yep. I, stick to I like it to be as hazy as possible. I had this uh, from Mountains Walking, actually, the same brewery that made that uh, that one you just drank, Toby. I had a banana lactose double IPA. This thing was the heaviest, dankest, <laughs> haziest beer. It was literally, there was like, like chunks banana. of banana. Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. It was like syrup. It was so good. Syrup. Yeah. I'll show you a picture of it. It was, it photographed very well. Uh, I think that about wraps it up. We, uh. Went about two and a half hours. That's pretty hey, solid. Really? It was that long? I, yeah. I, yeah. It could have been an hour. I have no idea. Yeah. No, I think that was really good. Um, I, it, you know, I knew we were going to jump around a lot. Yeah, so I, I'm I didn't, sorry. No, I should have made no, a, a timeline. No, I, I don't it, want you to be gets sorry very at all. confusing. And uh, you look like uh, Charlie from uh, Always Sunny was doing yeah. the timeline. He's like yeah. crazy and pointing no, at No, no, it's yeah. just there's so many side notes off the graph uh, to explain, I, I really barely even touched on it. I didn't explain how I well, do that's anything. That's what I'm We'll touch here and then we'll bring you back in six months and we'll yeah, go like, deep dive. I could explain we'll how different, exactly. I could have brought in some samples and examples of how things were done. Granted, it's a podcast, so it doesn't really apply. You two would physically see and touch things. Well, we're going to have video um, eventually. So when we get there, we could but do that. Again, I could explain how some different basic processes are done and whatnot. Uh, but again, that's up to you guys. So. Yeah, no, we should definitely do this again and we could go down on Because there are things that could apply path. because uh, the only reason I say that it is beneficial to people because I see people, you know, doing different home projects. Yes. Trying to uh, patina or age things. Well, that's a, a whole other conversation itself. Right. Like whitewash fireplaces. Something that I do, and, yeah. those are things that I do. And again, I'm not saying there's only one way to do it. It's just a way that I've found that works mm -hmm. in my world. Again, there's- I said in your world, it would be like the most efficient- Cost effective. Well, like again, kind of way, maybe you know? that's just for me though. Again, yeah. you know, someone else in my world might do it a different way. So again, there's no, like a lot of things in life, there's no set procedure. Just sure. personal I preference. could just give an example and people can take it, leave it, alter it, tweak it, fuck it, fuck you, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't it matter. It can be done. It's just, just for example's sake. Yep. Um, Take it or leave it. And that's that. Yeah. That I is think that, that does it. I think we've said it all. We've said it all. Yeah. Now we'll definitely do this again and we can revisit. I, I, I that is a whole nother topic in itself is yeah, how uh, what you do at work could be carried into home projects and stuff. That would be cool to talk it, about. It is. I have learned a lot of things to take into the home life. So. Cool. But uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, thanks again, Toby, for coming in. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I really appreciate you asking me because, uh, you know, I've, kind of off the podcast radar and in my own little bubble. Yep. Literally. Nope. I definitely want to Thank do this you. again soon. So we will make happy it happen to again see soon. you guys come out of my bubble. <laughs> yep. It's been nice. And I miss everybody out there. Hopefully this summer we can, this summer we will reconvene. G to Gene. That's the G. so many GTGs. Yep. Yep. I'm actually, I got to book my Hogwarts rental soon. Hogwarts. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to book an Airbnb and if it doesn't happen, whatever, I'm going to Hogwarts anyway. That's right. Perfect. So, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a fantastic week. Check out revivalmotoring.com for all of your revival motoring needs. Thank you very much.